As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Members Do you know all the names? They and all of them uh, cannot sing. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, sure. That's it. Stop it. Lance Bass. Go. Oh, I know that one. Lance Bass. Joey Fatone. Forgot about him. Um, yeah. Not memorable. <laughs> that is facts. Don't do that. God damn. Wait. I'm and thinking. who was who was the other one with the colorful dreads? Appropriate. Patrick. See, got Aww. it. And we're missing one more person. There's right? another one. There's five. Calm down. Stop it. Are you serious? Well, okay. To my defense, I didn't grow up. Like in, I grew up in a different country. Oh, oh. well, JC was the other one. JC Shazay, which is crazy because he tried to come out solo right after Justin Timberlake, which was also crazy. And it didn't work for him. It didn't no, work for it him. Didn't because but none I still of them do, were great except for Justin. I still do believe though, and sync better than Backstreet Boys. They had better records than Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys was a better group. They can all sing. We can go down the list of everybody: AJ, Nick, and Kevin, Howie. Aaron is not Aaron. Is it Nick? Aaron, Aaron? Aaron Carter is the little brother. He was not. Okay. Wait, who so sings Nick? everybody? <laughs> That's what would be AJ. Yeah. Oh, that was That's... your body. Oh, wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was AJ. But, but Nick cannot sing. He sounds like there's something stuck in his nose. Tell me why. That. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Was that the song we were just listening yeah. to? Yeah. Man, that's embarrassing. It, it is. It, in Israel, it was Michael Jackson. I know about Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Okay. okay. Uh, Spice Girls. Yes. 
And then I, I knew about NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, but I guess I've never been obsessed with American, well, I guess in other countries too, but it seems for a lot of people, uh, when it comes to celebrity and pop culture, it's like obsession. Yes. So I've never had these this weird, not weird, but I've never had obsessions it's with weird. celebrities. You're no, telling me you never had Bop magazine on your walls? I don't even know what that is. Oh my God. She, she grew up in Israel. Okay, full balance. <laughs> well, I thought magazines was everywhere. Listen, for those of y'all listening and yes. watching, we're going to introduce our incredible guests. And we need a round of applause for her. We need please. a round of applause for our guest, who is a, a phenomenal, I mean, podcaster, entrepreneur. I mean, to be fair, I would say digital media guru. Well, oh, yeah, thank you. There we go. Yes. I, I, I would, I would, and I would also say you were probably one of the one of the the first defining social media influencers without it being about you know you, you selling you selling your face or you being a yeah. billboard for products. Yeah, you were one of the first accounts I think that I followed that was like. That was not a person, like an I was an, I was, I was I was anonymous for yes. two years, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, and you and you built a which for those of y'all who who don't know Violet Benson. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Another round of applause, please. Yeah. So she currently is the host of Almost Adulting podcast. Yes. But what she's talking about is, is I'm known for daddy issues. issues. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. The, the daddy, daddy issues, issues account is a me is a meme account on Instagram. And you were actually one of the first accounts I followed that was meme based. That was inc- that was funny and current and always on top of. It was like before I think before memes were even really that big of a deal. Yeah. You were posting memes every day on the like just and it was so, they were so good and they're so funny. Thank you. Did you did you know how big that was going to be when you started? No, no, no. I think I think a lot of the time when you do something, especially when it has to do with social media or different things, when you're not passionate about it and you just want to do it for the money or to be famous, mm. a lot of times people get on social media to be famous. It doesn't work. But right. when you're doing it from the heart or you're doing it for your own reasons and you I notice a lot of times when you don't care, when you're not obsessive over it mm. is when you, it comes your way and it mm. happens for you. That's interesting. Do you yeah. do you actually have daddy issues? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've worked on them. Wait, can I make my mic louder? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that thing where I really hear myself. Yeah. Oh, Let's turn her up. There you go. Oh, yeah, I love this. Thank yes. you. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love hearing my voice. Yeah. I'm kidding. I actually hate my voice. But. I'm not going to lie. I, I never listen back. I'll read the comments and be like... Okay, let me see if where I really was talking over somebody. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. I'll, okay, so people say that to everyone. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Wait, wait, I'm not going to lie. No, fuck out of here. I listen. <laughs> here, here's the thing, right? So we had a, real quick, we had a, a, a marketing call, and they talked about maybe allowing everyone to speak so that everyone can get their points across. And I said, A, this is not a panel discussion. It is also not a monologue set. We are having a conversation. And in any real aspect of people having conversations, it's not about getting your word in as much as it is just a free-flowing conversation. And I actually listened to, well, we had the conversation. They were like, oh, so this is more like talk radio. And I said, yes. The shows that I listen to in podcasting Mm -hmm. have to do with opposing opinions and people that come from different walks of life really truly sitting and having a conversation right yeah even though you're here and i told you i've been listening to your pod so i'm super excited to talk to you about you i don't ever think that i'm interviewing you yeah i believe you're joining in on conversation yeah. with me and bridget which is funny because even on that on that call 
the lady was trying to pitch Mandy, well, pitch us about like, well, you know, maybe if you just give it a little pause. And I it, said, and, pause, it, and immediately weird. Mandy goes, no. As the woman is talking, like, just I, no. I cut her off. She, she cut her off. So I, I like, had to apologize. Like, no. I thought I was really nasty on this call. And it sucks when you're on Zoom and you're like, fuck, they can see me. And I want to, man out my face. You can see my face. I was sitting there like, oh, shit, Mandy. I said, have you listened to our show? Sorry, maybe you don't understand the culture of conversation. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, we're the creators. So like yeah. as much, you can take a lot of feedback, but you can sometimes also take it with a grain of salt. It's up to you mm -hmm. because we are the ones who figure out what people like, what people don't. If those people knew what they were doing, they would probably be in our position. Right. <laughs> That's so, the truth. I mean, this it is. flex is brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, Actually, if you wanted a podcast, you'd make one and you wouldn't be telling us how to run ours. I, um, I, <laughs> thank you. Give me Actually, I've said it before. Like normally I, I do take feedback pretty well as from accounting, coming yes. from accounting and just being a Russian person and with daddy issues, pretty like robotic. <laughs> Actually, <isn't> it? <laughs> I hope you're in therapy saying all of yeah. those things. <laughs> but like, uh, but if, but if I completely don't agree, then I'll, then sometimes, sometimes I like very rarely, I think rarely, maybe it's more often than I think. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm so not opinionated, blah, blah, blah. But then my, my listeners are like, yeah, you are. Yeah. But like, sometimes I'll pop off at some listeners, they irritate me. Mm. And then I'll just be like, you want to do this? Go ahead, start a podcast. Right. You have an opinion? Tell everyone your opinion. See if anyone right. listens. What do you want from me? Because no, you can't exactly. win. Or if someone correct, recently someone corrected, two or three people corrected my accent or they wanted me, they were irritated that I couldn't pronounce something. And then someone else was annoyed that I didn't know some band, the name of the band of the, the guy that was interviewing his dad was in a band. So that was in the 60s. Okay. So um, <laughs> I wasn't alive. I, I was just like, <laughs> you know what? Americans are are so condescending. They are so full of themselves that they think that just everyone has to know everything about America. I'm sorry. How many languages do most Americans speak? Like, do you guys? I barely speak English. First of all, how many <laughs> fucking all I know? Right. Most <laughs> Americans can't spell. Don't no, most America. No, they cannot. A lot of it's, Americans cannot spell that well. We have <laughs> also, also, a lot of Americans don't have a fucking passport. And a lot of them don't leave this country. I remember literally watching, I forget what show it was, and somebody somebody was like, uh, it might have been, been Temptation Island. I love Temptation Island. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> Shout out to Medina Monroe. Um, and so one of the Season girls two. was like, yeah, like I just want to travel the world, you know? Like, why is it so difficult to go to Hawaii? Uh, and all I could think to myself was, <laughs> no, bitch, do you... No, she didn't. Hawaii? And no, it's no shade to Hawaii. It's a beautiful place. But, bitch, it is a non-continental state. It's a state. It it's one of the 50 states. That's it's a part wild. of this country. You're not traveling internationally. But like, it just blew my mind. But there's so many Americans that do feel that yeah, way. Yeah, and it's also, it's, it's that thing, if someone has an accent, you just, they, pe you, people will automatically assume you're stupid. Mm. So, so what's, what's crazy I, is, I don't yeah. think that I just actually hate accents, which, thankfully, yours is actually, I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh. Sometimes it I comes picked out. up on the accent How many languages do you speak, though? I used to speak five. I only speak three now. Oh, only three. My English is, flex has been brought to no, you by. No, no, but Bitch, I, I did went four years of Spanish and still can only say <laughs> hamburguesa. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what that and means. So it's hamburger and cheese. <laughs> oh, that's all I know. But I, oh, anyway, I recorded. Also silent, but it's cool. No worries. Oh, oh what? Hamburguesa. <laughs> oh, you just said hum. Nope, there was no H there. It's fine. We're not going. We're not going to do a Spanish. Lesson. <laughs> I don't. I got even... a ninety. I got a ninety-five on the Spanish regions. I was me, very proud of myself. Me, what's up with all the silent like letters? What's why can't you just say? Why would you not spell just knife without a K? Why? Why is there a <laughs> right. K? Why do we have? Why do we have there why? three times for three different things? You, 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 you know, why would people things? not just say knife? 
<laughs> Wait, can I? Like, I don't get it. Or Bologna. Yeah. Or lasagna. And you don't even, when you read the words, you don't even pronounce a lot of the words the Why same is there way. An L in you write salmon? it. There shouldn't be an L in salmon. You know what's salmon. crazy, though? They actually did say for people who come to America that English is actually one of the hardest languages to learn. Yeah. And it's crazy because really? as arrogant as Americans are, when I travel, I'm really upset when people don't understand English. <laughs> and it's it's really ignorant of me, I understand. But also, I lived in Singapore for six months. I, I studied abroad in my venture to become <laughs> an accountant. That's cool. And the crazy thing was this is when Trump was running for presidency. And it's so crazy how everyone outside of the U.S. views Americans as the most stupid ignorant like uneducated people so for you to Sorry, say i'm nodding i'm like yeah that is <laughs> they do. fact they do no, we're, kidding, we're also the only country in the world that doesn't look at soccer as football as like the top no tier. yeah that is true we're the only the country the world said football we're gonna come up with football and make it our own like it's insane with the arrogance that has, that has nothing to do with but also feet. the metric system <laughs> i go anywhere talking about fucking fahrenheit and inches and nobody knows what the fuck i'm talking but everyone's about. obsessed miles. with america everyone's though because like, like people put up people like uh you know know everything about the, our government and know everything about americans so people on the outside i mean i won the green card lottery so obviously to be able to win a lottery to move to some country that means everyone viewed or at least used to view america as like Violet. the place What's i was about to say i'm just trying to get a lottery apartment in new york city <laughs> what the fuck and is pay it? lottery rent and, and, and my father is he's still actively on a green card in america he moved to the states at the age of 13 he's from jamaica so he still is not a legal citizen of the u.s of a my dad was either he is still on a green card from jamaica so what is a lottery green card uh so foreign countries have a lottery for a green card and you apply for it and you can apply for it every wait i would also like to say that i ended up not posting my rant of 20 minutes complaining about americans <laughs> i just needed to vent you just you did, did it now. and, you were like, and then it calmed down and then i was like okay maybe i won't attack all my, like half of my listeners <laughs> or my uh, bad. actually that's probably about 80 percent of your listenership because we are podcast consumers here yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait no i'm actually it's so weird i'm I'm 60% Americans. The rest is foreign people. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. That's why you got the big old numbers, bitch. You got the rest of the globe. Right. I was no, it's better to have the Americans. Really? For ads. Yeah, that makes Yeah, well, sense. we're very apparently Americanized. We have 90% U.S. of A listening to us, and we're That's trying to so grow our cool. global market. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm trying to do the opposite. Yeah. We're like, That's we're hilarious. like, please, can somebody else from some other country love us? Because we would like to come there. We're like, how many show. other Afrobeats artists we have to have on this podcast? <laughs> please, to get an invite to Nigeria. Please. How far? How far now? That's so funny. <laughs> yes. So wait, so where um, a are green you? card. Yes, a green card. Where did okay. you get it from? Uh, well, I, well, I was born in Russia. Okay. I am technically Ukrainian. Okay. So, I mean, and people don't understand, but the Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, mm-hmm. we're all. It's very brotherly and sister. Like okay. everyone's families are all of those three. Mm. That's what was weird when the war started because, yes. and I mean, my sister's married to a Ukrainian Jew. We're Russian Jews technically because right. I was born in Russia, and it got weird for a second. But then we're all in the same team. Like no one wants our governments to fight. Right. And plus, like they all back then, they all hated the Jews. And my dad's brown skinned. Oh. I'm white there. skin. Yes. So my dad had a completely different upbringing compared to my mother in Russia who looks like me. Mm. So with my mom, she would more deal with um, kind of like, I would never, oh, you're not a kike, right? Because I would never date a kike. What is a kike? The That's N-word. It's a derogatory for term for oh. Jews. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. But with my dad, it was it was like 
my like his dad got his dad got sent to jail for being a Jew with a business. And then on his last day in, in jail, when he was about to get out, he got beat up to death by the guards <gasps> for being a Jew. And he, he died. He was a vegetable for a month. And then he died when oh my dad was God. like 17. Like that oh, was. No. And I mean, obviously, I'm maybe there was like maybe a, one Jew in the classroom, and then one black person. Wow. And they anyone that wasn't anyone in Russia back then that wasn't as white as possible like even if i say now i'm russian a real russian will look at me and say no you're a jew because it's different wow so in, in the classrooms that the books they would have they were, they, it would basically let's say they're reading something and then it'll say like um blah blah, blah the kike did this and this then they'll make the jew read it and if something like the n-word did this and this they'll make the black person in the classroom then read it like that was like very open back then shut wow. up it was kind of insane so yeah how old were you when you when you left so when I was born in Russia, my, my mother was still getting, my mother was getting death threats that they were going to kill her kite kids. So mm. then, we, which was like in the eighties. Right. So then we moved, um, so we, my parents, my, my dad always done everything. He's always by the book. Mm -hmm. That's where him and I will disagree a little. So he applied. <laughs> You're in a, a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> if I could cheat, I will. That's yeah, just okay. like, that's my thing. Yeah. Games, anything, I'm competitive, I'll it's cheat. very American of you. Men, <laughs> things. It's very Men, American Men, relationships, you. you know. Uh, you know, no, taxes. <laughs> Americans <laughs> love to do taxes. Yeah. Just Buy kidding. something no, just kidding. Yep. Just kidding. Okay, sorry. Just so lying. then we, they, we applied. They applied to all the countries. No, none of the countries. Because it was basically, it was when communism was about to end. Mm -hmm. And people don't even understand communism. Communism is like, even if you have, when you have money in Russia, the reason everyone would starve is because you have to get on a list. So let's say you want to buy milk. You can't buy milk because you're number 50 on the list to get the milk. So even if you have money, you, have, you can't do anything with the money. Wow. You have nothing to spend it on. You have to, you have to wait for the list. It's insane. I, do Who you, determines the list? The government? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel so? It's, it's, it's so crazy because in being in social studies and what we learned even in terms of the three branches of government here in the U.S., where we're going now with the... And I didn't want to get into politics, but we're, we we're, we're getting into women's rights and removing those. And we talked about Handmaid's Tale even here. I don't have you, think have you watched the show Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, of course. So okay. I don't think people are very familiar with what a communist government looks like, but it, <laughs> it seems very much like we are heading that way. Although we've stand, we stood 10 toes down that we are democracy. Do you see parallels from knowing what a communist society looks like to kind of what we've started seeing now with America and you being here? Just from having the experience of communism, only because I don't think people really understand what it is. Well, it's, it starts with socialism and then right. it goes to communism. But yes. I, you ask anyone that's from a foreign country, they most likely will be a pretty anti-socialism mm. because they know where it's going to head. Right. So most mm -hmm. of them are going to be anti that because most of us when you hear about America, that was like, wow, America. Like, that is where dreams happen. The American mm. dream. Literally. And they lied land, to us, of, too, bitch. Land of the free, home no, of the brave. And they, li they lied to us. We all thought it was a white picket fence. We thought it was going to school, getting a degree. We thought it was getting a career, marrying, having children, all of those things. Just to come to find out that we've all gotten degrees, especially millennials. We've gotten our degrees, and now we're in fucking debt, where there's job opportunities that don't even pay the principal. There's no way to pay rent, gas, utilities, phone bill, eating, and the principal payment of our Sally Mae payments for these degrees that we thought once we celebrate, not celebrate, once we graduate college or high school, we go to college. Once we go to college, we get this degree. 
now as long as we have this degree, not only are we wifeable women in society, mm-hmm. we now are able to afford the, the, the mean style of what we do in our day-to-day life. And it was all false. We're now entering is it though? a second. I mean, uh, is, are we not living the American dream right now? You, and this is the problem though. We are living the American dream of Gen Z. Oh my God. We are living, or, or, or Gen that X. That is so is, true. Are y'all Gen, Gen Z, right? No, Gen Z. So we are living, right. unfortunately, in our 30s, a career path <laughs> that was not set out for us. <laughs> we did right. not know that YouTube, streaming, even, we, we talk about Bridget being an artist. It wasn't streaming that was even a part of her, her her label deal. I had a publishing agreement that did not reflect anything that at any all. streams at all. So We're, everything everything that I signed in two thousand and eight was like was like before it was like really when the first like iPod even came out and MP threes <laughs> was like a new thing. Streaming was not the way streaming would count towards your deal and your quota was not even included. None of that stuff, none of that stuff was was even considered. And so by the time you know 2011 comes along everything is streaming now it's twitter it's instagram yeah. it's it's tumblr excuse me it's facebook everything is I'm so mad tumblr left i know me too tumblr but then they fine. allow porn on twitter so tumblr okay. left oh tumblr's done yeah know? tumblr was oh, tum- i guess I <laughs> yeah tum- oh tumblr God, died oh, yeah tumblr died but no i mean it was literally my within like two three years of me signing my agreement i was locked into a contract that really did not have to honor any that did not have to honor any of the evolution that was taking place within the music industry and i had to fight for 10 years after that to get myself out and and we're now in potting to be fair i've been podcasting for six years the industry of this landscape realistically has changed when i started podcasting and we'll get into also your journey which I can't wait to share. I was in, I, so I started my po- my other podcast, Horrible Decisions, in 2000, the top of 2017. Wow. Um, I was in my last year, and mind you, this was considered my fifth year of college because in order to go for a CPA, you have to get 150 credits in the state of New York. So I had already achieved my bachelor's in accounting, so I was going for my BBA in marketing. Where did you go for? Lehman. It was a CUNY. I didn't know anything about fucking CUNY until I moved to New York. So it was a city City university. City University of New York. City University of New York. But I literally told my partner at the time, I was like, we can do this. It's cute. I said, but I'm about to be a CPA. And I said, so in six months, (laughs) if we're not really seeing any money, I'm about to have my own firm. (laughs) And (laughs) literally. And so we started Horrible Decisions while I was at Goldman Sachs at the time. (laughs) Um, ended up graduating and got a big four firm offer at Ernst & Young. So cool. And was working Ernst & Young while within our first year. Within our first year, we had what a What was your show. base salary? My base salary when I first started year one as a tax, uh, a staff accountant one was $62,000. Mine was 52000 but that's because my firm I live in New York. was mid-sized. Okay, but I also to hers. Which, but still, mm. I live in New York. So I still had a roommate, okay. but I got my base salary. But also when you work in accounting, you understand that by year two, you get about hopefully an 8% bump, um, which would be really high if you get gold stars, which I wouldn't have got because I said, bitch, y'all not having me work until 5 a.m. I left at two. Um, so <laughs> my, first, my first year rating wasn't that great. But as you go up, you become senior accountant, then you become manager accountant. Yeah. Then you work your way to become partner. And by then... A year into being an accountant, I made 
my salary in five months in podcasting. So I put in my two-week notice and said, peace. Now, when looking into you, Violet, you also were an accountant yeah. at one point and chose to just, you know. Be creative. Yeah, but I just want to say that her firm was bigger than mine. Like her firm, <laughs> I'm just trying to give her props because I hey, think- Hey, give me a gunshot. Give me a gunshot. Ah! <laughs> Goldman Sachs is a big fucking deal. Well, no, EY. EY yeah. Ernst so, & Young is a big, but both but, are a big deal. But, but EY yeah. is public. There's, it's about, there's it's public about, and there's it's private. It's about accounting firms. Yeah. And, oh. and when you tell people, no one understands what you're talking about. But then when you talk to someone else that's from accounting firms, you're like, no. <laughs> You work there or you tell them the struggles and you're like, yes, I used to cry in the bathroom too. We had like a 30 minute break that were like, I would like schedule out my, my like breakdowns uh. and like the way, the way, you know, everyone would like your bosses would treat you. It was like yeah. very normal. You know, like I, I write, cause I, I went from doing tax in my firm to doing, um, um, state, what is it? City and state, city, city, city and state tax. tax. So I was dealing oh, with uh, with with um my a lot of my partners were attorneys and accountants. Oh. So then I was sometimes reviewing or writing up things for them that had to do with the laws of tax. And then I the 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 notes would be like, what the fuck is this? Are you a fucking idiot? And things like that. And you're kind of like, but that's the thing in the accounting firms that you train, and you're kind of like, okay, this really hurts my feelings. I'm gonna cry when we finish this project. So then you still finish the project, then you go to the bathroom, cry it out. You come you, back, you, you cry your whole four to six years in college just to get a job that makes you cry. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> like that's why that's why what people, in the anti-woman? No, it's uh, they, yeah. they, they, women or men. It doesn't matter. And then when you finish the project, we turned it in. Everything's good. Then you can go to your partner and you can say, hey. That kind of bothered me a little when you called me retarded. I, I, I hope you didn't. You wouldn't do that. And Wait, then you'd be like, oh, okay. That, that, yeah? Well, they talk to you that way? I mean, well, in my firm, the reason I left was because it, the culture of the women was an mm. issue with me. In, in what way? Because so accounting, I wouldn't say is a gender-based career. Like, it, it's not mostly men or mostly women, I think. Uh, to, it's to mostly me, there was men. a mix. Oh, it was for a mix. partners. It was a mix. In my, oh, for partners. Uh, for partners to get yes. to the top, because usually it's like, well, oh, she's gonna have a baby. Well, she's gonna be out. Do you That's know? Do you, do you know? What, do you yeah. want to know what's the crazy part of you saying that? There was so many senior staff, not, not senior staff accounts, senior they, managers, senior managers, women that literally, when I was working at EY, bless their souls, they held out to have babies to make it to where. Yeah, you're gone. Could, literally, so. Where we would reach certain busy seasons, right. I knew of people that worked at my firm as women who had to family plan around even having babies based on the trajectory of what they wanted their career to look like or to yeah. end up as. Yeah, wait till they wait till they may, wait till they wait till they have made it to, if they maybe if they waited until they made it to senior manager to then have a baby. Oh my god! You can't yeah. have a baby as a as a senior staff accountant or even in your first couple of years in accounting and. Yeah. I realized how many women did not have children until their mid-30s, and they were like, I'm reaching my biological clock where right. I've made it where I think I should be in my career, so hopefully this firm allows me to take maternity leave. <laughs> it was Yeah, or like we had one manager that, that had, a chi uh, had one child, and then she had to kind of settle in and understand that this is it for, like, she's not going to get uh. higher up than that. So then it was like more like a manager was just going to be the role for eventually she became a senior manager, but she was never going to become partner because right. she has a family. Everyone knew, oh, she's going to be out soon. 
Wow. Literally, yeah. that's, that's how they treat women in corporate. And it, and it sucks because when a partner or a man has a baby in corporate. Oh, it's he doesn't not even like, see it. <laughs> You'll chill. He'll be like, I'm at the baby shower. I got a baby shower on Saturday. But uh, I'll see y'all on Monday. Yeah, it's so different for men to family plan while they're growing up in their corporate careers than, than a woman. It's way so different. what was the breaking point for you then? You were like, mm, y'all not about to play with me and my biological clock. I'm going to go get this money elsewhere. Bye. Well, no, it wasn't It wasn't that at all. Like, I, anything, especially, well, when, when we won the green card lottery, which yes. is a foreign thing, and uh, after five years, you do get citizenship, but you Amazing. go through, basically, you go through all these tests, uh, from physical to tests mentally and all these things like no none I of heard us you have... also have to say the star spangled banner backwards <laughs> no you know <laughs> <Close though. laughs> but you do have to take you have to take an exam no. you do no, have to you take gotta a know test. more shit than americans know you do you have to like read that book americans should lose citizenship <laughs> americans should yo, lose yo, citizenship yo, if they don't know that shit no because no to be and to be fair most of these staunch ass nationalists that feel like they are you know what I'm saying? Pro-America, the ones that have the, the really, the massive, like the post office size American flags on their front lawn. They don't the know. The ones who raided the Capitol? Sorry. Some, but not all. But some <laughs> of them don't, a lot of them don't know. <laughs> a lot of them don't know all of the, I guarantee most of them can't name the three branches of government. But yes, carry on. But then uh, when you, when you, when you pass a, the the test to become yes. a citizen, then you, they, you go to this like stadium and then everyone stands there and uh, waves the flag and has to sing the song. Wait, what is that song? The Star Spangled Banner? What is that song? <laughs> oh, yeah, so That one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the name of it? Okay, I forgot. Yeah. So. Oh, we're going to revoke your goddamn spangled. citizenship. <laughs> I would not even care at this point. <laughs> well, I want to get into. Oh, our, wait, that counting. Talk to me. Sorry, I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, there we go. Look. Yes. Right. Sorry. Y'all know me with my outline. I'm no, like, no, no, right, that right. counting. So still grown, for sis, me, still grown. when we came to America, my father, aside from the fact that you have to divide our money by five, so we already had less money, but my dad lost most a lot of his money in stocks. And, you know, I came to America. We were poor. We have no connection. We have no family because, uh, you know, a, a lot of Jews don't. So whatever. So we kind of had to start from scratch. And my brain, because in Israel, I grew up rich. And then mm. I came to America. I'm poor. So I, I still continued hanging out. I made rich friends. And I pretended to be rich, even though Come I wasn't. On, Anna Delvey. Literally, without, <laughs> without, without the scamming. Without, but, I was going to say, without the illegal activity? Oh, yes. yeah. But, but with the accent. Go ahead. <laughs> no, the no, accent, accent she did is way sucked. nicer. Her accent yeah. was terrible. I was yeah, like, yeah. It was a really like weird yeah, accent. So you didn't understand German, what she was saying? And when they were speaking Russian, of course. But if the German-Russian accent is terrible. Okay. But anyway, so I was just, so my brain, my dad, when I was like 12 or 13, this is Russian culture. He sat me down and he said, I, I can't do the Russian accent, so I'll just sit, speak normal English. <laughs> and he was like, Violetta. One day you're going to grow up and your looks will fade and you will not be beautiful. Your husband may cheat on you and he will leave you with nothing. Oh, and shit. all you will have. He said this to you? Yeah. And he said, all you will have is your education. So you better think smart and you, get a, you better go to school and you better have a career. I'm actually not mad at that. I'm not because it's I'm great advice. I'm not mad at that. It is great advice. But what's crazy is that it, it, to me, we've been talking about, right, the modern day woman. You getting all of those things, unfortunately, now makes you less suitable for men 
that want maybe the housewife or the yeah. submissive woman. And when you come in having your own money, paying your own bills, having your own shit, now you're intimidating yeah. to the modern day man. I've, I've dated men who come to my home and they'll go, wait, you live in this house? I, I mean, I don't even have a house. I'm renting, like, how am I supposed to compete? And I'm like, compete, like no one's how asking you to compete. to compete? Like, bro, just go down me. We're good. That's it. Like, that's all like, <laughs> I need to do. Just go down on you? I'm weak. You can make me breakfast in my kitchen. It's nice. It's an open layout. Have, I have, have, you, have at it. Have make me a smoothie. Yeah. Like, I have chia great. seeds on top of the fridge. Yeah, we're good. Like, relax. So, yeah, I'm used to that. But because of that, I mean, yes, in the beginning, I of course, I rebelled against my dad because yes. I had daddy issues, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Because I didn't grow up with my dad when I was lived in Israel. Oh. His job was always being away. So Got in it. America was the first time we lived together when I was 14. So that oh. was the first time. And it was like I was living with a stranger and he was constantly telling me what to do. But that's also a rough age, too, because that's like the, the height of puberty when it's like all of a sudden you have boobs. I remember that at 14. I was like, oh, all yeah. of a sudden your body develops and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I yeah, don't know how yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. Right. your dad too, Y'all got like tits weird. at 14? Oh, I got tits at 12. 12. I was about to say, I'm jealous. <laughs> I did the morning announcements in fifth grade and... Fifth grade is where my tits just blossomed. So I remember being on the morning announcements because the boys used to talk about my cleavage. I would sit on the desk like this. Oh, so yeah. I would cover my cleavage because in fifth grade, I started producing boobs. And men at that time didn't look at boobs as a sexual thing, but they would make fun of my boobs. Oh, no. So in fifth grade, I'm literally on the morning announcements like, Hey guys, welcome well, to Shiva Creek Elementary. No one else has the chest. <laughs> yeah. I taped my. Yeah. I used to tape. I used to take tape, and I taped my whole chest in order for my because I was hoping it won't grow. And then I take like. Oh yeah, I wear sports bras and slept in them, thinking that they wouldn't grow. <laughs> and then one day, my mom came to wake me up, and she goes, "Violeta," and then she felt the tape, and she's like, "Oh my god, what is that?" And I was like, "Um, it's for my." Uh, back pains and she goes okay and then I had to wear a back brace because I didn't want to admit that it was I was I didn't want to admit that it was because I was embarrassed and my tits started oh to yeah grow. well I just blamed it on the Spice Girls I was like mom sporty spice Mel C always wears a sports bra and she was like yeah right, bitch Mel C ain't got C's well, actually, actually speaking of this up I wanted to ask you then like with that experience as a, and, and I found this of course from Twitter because I live on Twitter um, there was a thread that said as young girls what did your parents extended family or any close adults really do for your for you to, to for you to help build up your self-esteem and in you talking about even taping your tits down my dad would be like you're why can't you be more like your sister that would be like oh shit oh shit yeah. or he wasn't around so it was right like, and so then what led you to covering like was no, there, but this is because no one else had tits. I grew up in Israel, and the way Israeli, a lot of Israeli girls are built, they're a lot more, like, their it's crazy. They're so, their bodies are so hot. They're very curvy. Like, curvy like me, but thinner, way thinner. Like, mm. thick, skinny, but curves, and then flat chest. It's and like, then what's the actress's name that plays um, Wonder Woman? Gal, Gal, Gadot, Gal, Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, she's very thin. Yes. But she's curvy. She got hips. She's yes. got broad shoulders. Yes. Yeah. So I like, told you. Hips that's why I, I just I wanted to look like Well hips, hips are hips are hips are hips are more of a bone structure than a meat structure. For us uh, it's a little more meaty. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's their bones. It's the bone. Yeah. Because my mother my mother got my mother got hips, but there's no there's nothing else but it's a bone. It's like literally like <laughs> yeah. a little waist and then peeing peeing with a bone coming out. Like yeah, it's not yeah. a, my mama just thick with titties. I used to be <laughs> mad. I'll be like Bitch, I better not have big old titties like that when I grow up, and I did. 
Yep. And now I'm mad because now it's like I have the biggest boobs in my family. Mm. Yeah. Was it, was it always like a weird, uncomfortable thing for you? Well, because no one else had the boobs. Then I moved yeah. to America, and I think I swear I don't know. Like I came to ninth grade, and and God <laughs> just knew I, this girl barely speaks English. She's so awkward. They're like, here's gonna give her tits. <laughs> so like literally within social skills through her bra. Go. Literally in in a year, I went from like a B to like a double D in ninth oh, grade. Shit. It just like it's the milk. I th- I don't know what it is in the American food, but it was just like. I'm not going to lie. We talk about it all the time. Because American public school put milk in everything. They made us drink milk with fucking pizza. Whoever thought milk milk was a good idea to be paired (laughs) with everything. Wait, 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 and then we got lucky. Then we were like, ooh, there's strawberry and chocolate now. I can't believe we were drinking pints of milk three times a day. So I don't know. So so now you're going to give me diabetes and IBS? This is (laughs) fucked up. This whole thing is fucked up. Well, and that's why why we all now are lactose intolerant. (laughs) Oh, I'm not. Wait, well, maybe no, I am, but I'm white. like, what a blessing. No, I'm not going to lie. I no, think I it's, love it's... going in the bathroom. Wait. Oh, no, wait, we love oh, going to no, the bathroom, we, too, we, but it's it's more no. of like a digestive, like it yeah, hurts. Like, it doesn't no, feel it's good. Like it does, we it's can't upset eat something. ice cream if we're yeah. out without. Oh, no, if I'm out, no, I'm not going to do that. But when I'm home by myself, all the ice cream in the world. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wait, so you're like too? Every Jew is lactose intolerant, but like, am I, I don't know. It's like, it's like if someone's like, oh, don't eat that. It's going to give you diarrhea. I'm like, oh, what a blessing. I'm in my thirties. Of course. (laughs) I'll go for that. Yeah. Right, but better out than in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yo. Wait, so we got to get to this transition though, from accounting to then social media, okay, because yeah. I Let really want to know how this sorry. happened. The point is, eventually, mm-hmm. I stopped rebelling against my dad. And I'm like, okay, now it's time to really get my shit together. So right. first, I was going to, for my law degree. So I took my LSATs and I was working. I actually worked. Wait, this is so random. I actually worked for the uh, intern for the district attorney's office. Oh, shit. One of the only people to intern as a undergrad. Because wow. I convinced someone to give me the job. Because it's always, you just have to ask. Mm. And you, and the way, and I've talked no, about this on my podcast. Money, niggas say no. <laughs> no. So you don't just have to ask, they say no. No, but this is how you get what you want. Is that, And I've said this before for people who are trying to get a job interview or, in, or anything like that. You have to say, what does this person want from me? Mm. And you have to offer that to them. You're Not sexually, yes. but like work-wise. So yeah. when I came to the district attorney's office and did my interview and he realized I'm undergrad, not grad school, and he, listen, we... The, it's just a like hardcore gang. I was in the hardcore gang division and major crimes. Guess who was working with me? Major crimes, our current vice president, which is so random. Wow. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Kamala so Harris. random. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, you know, watch out for her. She's going to eventually be the district attorney and she's going to go places. And I was like, okay, I'll remember. And so random now she's vice president. But yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I know. <laughs> the most random thing. So you did that before. Accounting. So we're both really famous. It's so crazy. Look at oh, us. We love this. Look how much we're yeah. kidding. We love <laughs> we're this. both really. This little flex is brought to you by. Um, so, so I told him uh, when he. I was, I got up to leave and then my brain was like, are you, you fucking got this opportunity. You better get it. And I said, listen, the girls, you, the girls you have in there, um, in grad school, they're too busy studying for all their classes. They're too Mm. busy. They're, they're leaving what they need. They're just doing this for the credit. Me, I don't have, I don't have a social life. I'm here to learn from you. If you need me to give you coffee, I'll give you coffee. You need me to make copies. I'll do that. I'm not too proud to do any of that stuff that they will be too proud for. Wow. I just want to know. I'm like, I just think you're so amazing and smart. I can learn so much from you. And he was just like, okay. And I was like, and I also said, I won't bother you. I'll just be around and I'll stay longer than everyone else. Mm. Wow. And he said, okay, you'll do. It's crazy because in terms of networking, right, in industry, I always say the best way to network is to not approach someone and 
question what they can do for you, right? but to show up and offer what you can do for them. It's the way I've honestly made it in not only the podcast space, but accounting Mm -hmm. in just industry altogether, where what you said, you showed up and said, this is what I can do for you. A lot of times people think an interview process or even just networking has to do with seeing why why are you there in the first place? Like even jobs I want a was, job. Even like, jobs right. yeah, even jobs will right. ask so you, does everybody what else. are you here for? <laughs> Literally. Why, why did you apply for this position? And so the fact that you flipped it on them and said, Well, actually this is what I can offer you, I think that's so major in how you show up in life. Yeah, I agree. You you just and it's okay to get no's. I've gotten no's a lot. I I was really proud of myself. But anyway, eventually I realized uh law wasn't my path and then I, I Good. went they don't make money there anyways. <laughs> Oh, not the district attorney's office, not public, no. Um, I was was, like, yeah, public office, not so much. Yeah, yeah, but it was still like, it was a cool experience to even intern at something like a district attorney's office. That was insane. And then they wanted me to move to the vice president's department, major crimes. It was during the time where they were prosecuting Michael Jackson's doctor. We can actually tell you. Yes. Hold on, give us the tea. Wow. Wait, you you knew about that little, that that case? Yeah, but I have a really bad memory. Okay. Oh, give us what you remember, no, bitch. No, I. Well, he was he was guilty. He was. I, yeah, I don't. He was, he, was, he was found guilty. I will. I was more focused on major crimes. But can I tell you my first day at major crime? I mean, at a hardcore gang division. All right, y'all. Let's get personal real quick. Our skin, as you know, has a huge effect on our confidence. If you have acne or you're noticing signs of aging, dryness because winter is cold and kicking everybody's butt, it can be frustrating to waste time and money on products that aren't formulated for you. So that's why I recommend Curology. Curology makes personalized prescription skincare products. Now, Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs from acne to the earliest signs of aging. Curology prescription skincare uses a combination of three clinically researched ingredients, making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. It's really easy. All you have to do is just fill out a quiz about your skin, share a couple photos without the without the filters, and a provider will prescribe a personalized formula based on your skin's unique needs. In a clinical trial of 150 Curology patients, 9 out of 10 patients saw an improvement in their acne in just three weeks which I know sounds like a long time, but it's not. Time is flying by. You'll be fine. Curology products give you everything you need and nothing you don't without fragrances or parabens. Products are shipped directly to your door every two months. 93% report effective with over 9,000 five-star reviews, which means he said and she said that it works wonders. So for a limited time, you can get your first Curology skincare box for just $5 when you go to Curology.com slash STTI. Go to Curology.com slash STTI for this free offer. That's Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash STTI. Trial is 30 days, applies only to your first box, subject to consultation, new subscribers only. Okay, guys. Well, you know, Mandy and I show up camera ready every week for y'all. And not every week. We be trying. We be trying, though. (laughs) Either way, our skin has had a huge effect on our confidence. And if you have acne or you're noticing signs of aging, fine lines, it can be frustrating to waste time and money on products that aren't formulated just for you. So that's why I recommend Curology. Now, Curology makes personalized prescription skincare products. And listen, y'all, Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs Mm -hmm. from acne to the earliest signs 
science of aging. Curology Prescription Skin Care uses a combination of three clinically researched ingredients. Ooh. It's giving science, mm -hmm. making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. And listen, y'all, the older you get, you cannot just put anything on no, your face. You get more sensitive, actually. Absolutely. But this whole process is really easy. You just fill out a quiz about your skin. You share some photos and a provider will prescribe a personalized formula based on your skin's unique needs. And y'all, don't be adding them filters to them photos. Don't. And in a clinical <laughs> trial of 150 Curology patients, 9 out of 10 patients actually saw an improvement in their acne in 3 weeks. I like that. That's Curology great. products give you everything you need and nothing you don't. Mm -hmm. Without fragrances or parabens, yes. products are shipped directly to your door every 2 months. 93% report effective with over 9,000 five-star reviews, y'all. We love five-star reviews. We do love, love five-star review. reviews. You know, and for a limited time, you can get your first Curology skincare box for just $5 Come when on. you go to Curology.com slash STTI. Go to Curology.com slash STTI for this free offer. That's Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash STTI. Trial is 30 days and applies only to your first box. Subject to consultation, new subscribers only. I was supposed to meet my DA to follow him around to do stuff. And then I'm like, where is he? And they go, he's a court. I've never been a court before. And I'm, and I'm very oblivious to culture, life in general, right. anything. I'm, sometimes I feel like my parents overly tried to protect me. Mm -hmm. And then it took me a, a, lot, a long time to kind of learn about the world around me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. I go to inside the court and there was, it's in the middle of a, a trial. Right. So I open the door, I walk in, and I don't know where I'm supposed to sit. So then I walk in, and then I just look around, and I go like this, and you see people sitting here, people sitting here. I have no idea what these two sides are. So then I see my attorney, and he, he looks, he like turns around for a second, and then he, like this, I'm like, oh, okay. And I wave at him, and then I walk forward. I open those little doors <gasps> where they are, and then the judge goes, wait, hold on, what are you doing? And I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, where should I sit? And they're like, uh... Just go sit in the back. And I'm like, okay. I go sit next to the family we're prosecuting. Oh, my and God. And then you go, wait. <laughs> go sit over there. And I'm like, the other yes. side where you're... And I was like, oh, sorry. So then I sit over there. I'm like, sorry, you guys. And then I sit there and I find out. We were basically... Because I'm in the hardcore gang division. So it was... Uh, we were prosecuting a blood. It was a guy from the blood, the gang... For, we, we know what a blood is. Okay. You don't have to break it down here on the thing is. For first degree murder of like a ton of people. And I was just like, I tried to sit next to his family and I was like, sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> can, can I ask you in terms of choosing to do that? So I have a friend who does defense. Mm -hmm. And when you have that conversation. Criminal defense. Criminal defense. Yeah. Um, as a person, choosing whether to be a prosecutor or a defense attorney because in terms of even our community, a lot of people have held slack to Kamala Harris for being on the prosecution side of representing the state. Representing the state. Pretty wild. That, you yeah, know what I mean? I know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, in terms of you being in a space where this is what you think you want to do for your career and you're, you're figuring out also your morals as far as you growing into adulthood and what you really want to represent or what your purpose is, what back and forth did you have with yourself with choosing whether you wanted to do 
prosecution or defense? Or did you have any? Did you I, have any? I I would say I wasn't sitting because I knew I didn't see myself actually following the footsteps of being the district attorney's office. I was mm. an undergrad, so it was just cool that I even able to do that to kind of prove to my dad that I'm not a loser because my mm. sister was always one step ahead of me. Okay. So it was more kind of like, look what I achieved, and right. it's internship, it's free, but and 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 the, I was constantly without realizing when I was when I finally started to get my jobs, I was constantly seeking a male figure. So it was more about the someone kind of gui- guiding me and because t- it was. That's the truth. With the daddy issues, I never went to women to want to help me. It was more mm. a male Even figure. Even Yeah. It was accidental without realizing. Like, I didn't know why I was doing it, but it was always drawn to the male figures to kind of be like my dad figure. Right. To tell me, you know, what to do with, with life. And then I would think they're so wise and I would listen to that. So, because it was kind of, that's something I wasn't really getting growing up with my father. Although right. my dad was showing me love, just not in a way that I understood. But right. you identify as a feminist, correct? Yes. And so in terms of identifying as a feminist, what, how do you show up as a feminist when the people you look up to are men? Well, I was young. I didn't know yet. I didn't understand why. Has that changed now then? Yeah, of course. Now I understand that they're, I don't care what gender someone is, just if they, if, uh, if I, it's kind of like if you don't want, if you, someone's giving you advice and you will never trade places with them, probably don't listen to, don't take right. that advice. Right. Ooh. But, <laughs> but except that, I, I like to listen to what everyone has to say. I doesn't, the gender doesn't matter. But growing up, I was just looking for a father. I just right. didn't know that's what was happening. Right. So but, like, you, but you grew up with a father. But he wasn't around. And then yeah, when, he, kinda, yeah, when I was 14, my dad, the way he would travel, he would travel away for three months and he would back home for a month and we barely interacted. Mm. And that's how he kept going back and forth. And then when we moved to America, it was the first time we lived together, but we wouldn't get along. We were like, it was right. screaming matches and you'd be like, why can't you be more like a sister? And then me rebelling against it. Of course. So then we just weren't really speaking. So it was only until I got older is that when I started, only at 24, during, as I started creating daddy issues, I started to yeah. work on my relationship with my father. We never said, I love you. We didn't hug. Like, I remember when I first came to America, I saw one of my, my first friends. She, her dad came in the room with us, which was already weird for me because I'm like, why is he with us right now? This is so weird. And then she goes, wait, dad, can I ask you for advice? And he's like, sure, honey, what is that? And they have conversation. And she's, she's like touching him. And she's like, oh, my God, thank rubs his shoulder thank you so much dad they hug each other a kiss in the cheek and then like okay i love you bye dad and i was like sitting like mortified <laughs> like what is this i was Gross. like what and she goes <laughs> and i was like what just happened she goes you don't say i love you to your dad i was like ew no i mean i'll be honest with you my my, my friend has a big issue it's so weird she'll send me pictures from the shade room and shit of like celebrity dads with their children and be like do you think this is appropriate she does not find it appropriate for daughters to sit on father's laps, to be kissed in the mouth, to be <laughs> hugged in certain ways. Like, we've had constant conversations. And that leads me to asking you then. I kiss as- my parents in the mouth now on purpose because it makes them uncomfortable. And then I just think it's funny. <laughs> That's it great. just makes me laugh. Well, and I go slowly. Because they don't know where your mouth has been. Now you're an adult. <laughs> no, I go slowly. And it was like, it's like, and they go like this. It's affection. Like, like, They're go- like, I don't know. I don't like it. Right. Do you think do you think a woman can show up as her best self in a relationship if she has daddy issues? Because there's a lot of conversations regarding the fact that women are not great partners because they are seeking 
men to be the dads that they didn't have. Mm. Look, Please. she said, jack this dick. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, that's my favorite thing when it comes to dating relationship. Women have to continuously work on themselves, then take care of the man, work on him too. But now with feminism, we, we have to be equal. So let me get a Do job a too. Shot. Need a gunshot like, there. And then this fucker, he's not, he doesn't have to work on himself. He's just so perfect because he grew up with his mom telling him what an amazing job he's been doing. And she's been wiping his ass for all, all of his life. And now it's my job to wipe his ass too. Like figure out how to do it in your own. <laughs> Correct. Fuck that. Correct. And there you have it. Correct. Oh my fucking. I'm so excited to get into all of the things. Y'all. All right. Listen. Time to be a little honest around here. That was that was pretty honest. We got actually pretty honest. Because mamas be lying. Yeah. Mamas be lying. He's not gonna be like, you know what? You're kind of a piece of shit. It's almost like when they, it's almost like when women give birth. It's like we give birth, and then our the, the boys are like in just enveloped in this enabling yeah. enable fluid. <laughs> it's like this just not enabling enable fluid. fluid. The embryo. Yeah. <laughs> the placenta. The placenta is enabling fluid. If your son kept bringing different women every week, would you tell the girls? You're like, hey, by the way. You're not go, that special. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Be like, damn. I had some. I had some. I had somebody's mom. I had somebody's mom kind of put me on the game. No. Mm-hmm. Wait. But it was also. It wasn't somebody I was that in. I was that interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was somebody I was lightly entertaining, and I met his mom by accident. Like I, I didn't know that his. He. We were at his house, and his mom just kind of popped up, <laughs> which is something that she would do. Like it was very like. Just, he's a little bit of mama's boy, and she just popped up one time, and was like, "Oh, who's this?" And I was like, oh, I'm Bridget. Hi, nice to meet you. And she was like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. And then looks at him like, so what happened to the girl that was here last week? Wait, she said that in front of me. In you? front of me. Cute. And I just, and I laughed. And I was just kind of like, well, she's not here now. <laughs> and so, and I just, and she laughed because she realized like, bitch, I don't care. Like, she realized she was fucking corny for saying that but also, bullshit. But also just kind of, well, not even just corny, but just kind of like, in case, in case her son was leading me on, it was kind of like, girl, just so you know what you're dealing with. That's which, so which I didn't mind because she was really nice to me. She wasn't really a bitch to me, but it was just, she just kind of knew her son wasn't shit. And it was kind of, and it, it was rewarding for her to see that, that in that moment, I didn't get in my feelings and be like, yeah, who was here last week? <laughs> Were we sleeping in the in these the same sheets? Like I didn't get in my feelings. I was like, well, she's not here, she not, not here this week. And she's not going to be here this weekend. Cause my flight is not until, you know what I mean? So it was definitely a, di- a totally different energy, but I've definitely been around mothers and I know women who are mothers who have sons who ain't shit and they'll call them out on their bullshit. I think in the end of the day everyone needs to work on themselves. It's not just women with daddy issues. Everyone has some type of parent issue. Even if you don't realize you have certain issues, mm-hmm. something happened in your life, some type of quote unquote childhood trauma mm-hmm. that you need to work through and, and and then throughout then you have relationships and you get rejected and then by that you accidentally project and you react a certain way in relationships. So everyone should work on themselves. It's not anyone's job, especially not women's job to heal the men. Heal on your own. Hello. Can we get a round of applause? (laughs) Mandy and I say that all the time. You just said... We are not rehab centers. Hello. We are not rehab centers for men. I do not want to rehabilitate a motherfucking thing. I just don't. It's not my job. I'm not my ministry. They look for mothers, and then when you act like their mother, then, then they go... Well, I cheat on you because you act too much like my mother makes me unattracted to you. But it's weird because so they want like, a mother that sucks want? their dick from the back. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's so strange. 
Like, why is this where we're going? That is nuts. No, it is. It's a little strange. I'm That's just a saying. a little strange. Because they want us to mother them and take care of them, but then they also want us to be a freak in the sheets and a lady in the streets. It's true. It's you know very I mean? true. Yeah. So wait, so wait with, when you started the Daddy Issues page. Right. Let's, let's get into being Because it's memes. Well, no, because it's it's a lot of memes, and, and initially all the memes were around, like, men really not being shit and not, and it was, and it was great because it was like, wait, the page is called Daddy Issues. It's so great. It all, just, it just all so trickles down. Well, we, I created we, we Daddy this- Issues as a, as a, as I didn't think anything of it. I never thought you can make money off of social media. I didn't have social media back Girl, then. Girl, you are the Justin mm-hmm. LaBoy for women. Oh, that's so nice. We thing. love that. Yes. <laughs> is he a cancer? What is he? I, uh, we're not going to start the moves um, this shit. I don't know. I don't <laughs> oh, know. yeah. You don't believe in Zodiac. The stars and moons. Let me text him. I'm and just, ask him. it's, you know what? It's LA. <laughs> I'm like, let me ask him. Wait. Yeah. I would love to his, know. He probably his account's is. so popular. He's either a Cancer or a Gemini. He yeah. acts like a Cancer. <laughs> he acts like mm. a Cancer. Because he has like so many feelings, I feel like. <laughs> That's why I say it's Gemini. It's giving drama. All right, y'all, this episode is sponsored by Care Of. Now, Care Of is a health and wellness company that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. Their daily vitamin packs are made with plant-based compostable film to help limit the impact on the environment without compromising on the quality and safety of their products, which we love. Care Of offers a curated set of products that are designed to work with research-backed ingredients and optimal doses. Now, me personally, I love the vitamin pack Chill Pill, okay, because planning a wedding is a lot on the body and on the mind. I'm trying not to be a bridezilla, so I love that it helps really relieve occasional stress and tension and also helps my muscle strength, endurance, and recovery after working out because you know you know, a girl's trying to fit into her bridal gown, okay? My favorite, though, is the elderberry It's the Traveler's Insurance. It has powerful antioxidant properties that help promote healthy immune function, which I definitely need with all the traveling that I do, okay? Jet setting. And with the cute and personalized packaging, love it, I've definitely noticed a difference and an increase in my intentionality around taking the vitamins. So make sure that you get your vitamins and supplements for your health goals and diet made from the best ingredients and shipped to you each month for 50% off your first month subscription with Care Of, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code STTI50. That's TakeCareOf.com and enter code STTI50. All right, see, the thing is, listeners, I am here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Come on, gift mode. Let's give a sport mode. (laughs) Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Now, it's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz <laughs> fan, the reggae fan, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. So why I love Etsy, right? I had I ordered all my bridesmaids boxes on oh, Etsy. All of hello. The, all the stuff I had to put inside was on Etsy. I ordered some thank you cards and gifts for things after the holidays on Etsy. We went on tour and got some outfits yeah, on Etsy. Absolutely. Etsy got everything. They really do. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Yeah, yeah, toxic. It's yeah. giving man um, and woman. Okay, so with daddy issues, <laughs> I was really depressed as an accountant because the women on my team were making my life miserable. And when I say that, I don't mean regular bullying. It's to the point of bullying where HR has to get involved to the point they oh, can't shit. even fire me. Not HR. Because, well, it's because I was so focused on working and that's what I do a lot of the time. I'm kind of, I used to, now I'm more going, but I used to be kind of a loner because my brain was like, I 
I had a goal. When I'm 30, I'm going to buy a big house on the hills with big open windows and a beautiful view. <laughs> and that was my goal. I grew up poor. I used to have my friends drop me off at the, at the supermarket right next to my house because I didn't want people to know where I lived, that I live in a small apartment. So it was just kind of like... Did you grow up in LA? Yes. You did? Okay. So it was kind of, I will figure out how to be rich. And I would mm. be around rich people. I would act like I'm rich. Mm. I would talk like I'm rich. And one day I would be rich. So it was suddenly it was the goal to, to be something in the yeah. U.S. And I had no connections and whatever. So anyway, in accounting, I wanted, I was, I'm going to be partner. It's going to happen for me. Yeah. And I figured out how to get the, the job where I needed to be. And then I guess the women on my team were like, oh, it's because... Oh, look how, because I started working on projects with the partners. And as mm. a junior accountant, you don't, it's not an opportunity you usually get. Right. But of course, I need mentors. I'm drawn to the male yeah. partners. But I didn't go through them, the managers, mm. the senior managers. I went straight to the partners. And because I would stay, I would, I started to come. Basically, if you want to get the job in accounting firm or big, any big firms, you show, you're supposed to show up before the partners in your you're outworking your, everybody and you and you're supposed to leave when they leave so right. even if you have no, no work you gotta leave after them so yeah exactly so when even if you have no work you just have to sit in your desk Until and you just leave. hope that maybe they'll come up to you and ask you for work so if he leaves at two i'm gonna leave at three so i'll just keep sitting there and the next day he comes at six i'm gonna make sure to go to go to work at 5 a.m and then and then when you get your quarterly reviews <laughs> you don't understand how many people are really really we talk about pocket watching they time clock watch in corporate and so i that was one of the problems that i got because after two i i'm useless to y'all so guess <laughs> what i'm gonna go home and get some sleep right and because there were people that would literally sleep under their desk yeah and be there the next morning slept under your desk so in my car like i stayed there and that's how i got on no. a project with a partner one yeah. when i wasn't supposed no, to because no one sick. else was there and was i was sick. there so because of that, it was, was kind of like, oh, maybe it's because of her looks, things like that. So then, mm. and I'm just ignoring it. I remember at one point, I'm just like, I don't understand why these women have such issues with me. I don't even notice them. I'm just trying to work. And he goes, Violetta, that's the problem. I you don't not even notice, notice them. Because I'm just like, flex. I'm so focused. Like, I'm like, this is what I want. Tunnel vision, yeah. And I didn't realize that they wanted like, you know, where's our respect? And I'm, and I, because I was just so focused. I want to be a partner. This Cause is you it. Because you weren't following, well, you weren't it, following it, the chain of command, so to I speak. didn't realize and, that and was it's like a pretty privilege then actually worked against you. I feel and like most of my life, when I finally, well, I grew up not being cute, so I was bullied for not being cute because I grew up, well, you know, in Russia, crooked leg until it became better. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was born um, in November, so in November there's no sun in Russia, which means my mom had no vitamin D when she gave birth to me. <laughs> so I, grew, I was born with enamel deficiency, so all my teeth were very yellow. So I was always bullied for that. So when I was five and I, I got harshly bullied for smiling, I stopped smiling and I asked my mom to fix my teeth. And since I was five, we gave me veneers capsules bondings and through insurance is different types of veneers of what celebrities wow. have wow. and every week i would go to a dentist meaning i have like 15 root canals every single tooth i've had a cavity in it multiple times wow it's like a serious thing so i grew up never smiling never talking to boys and then when i got older i started to kind of grow into my looks you know tits yeah but and people guys noticing me and now the women are being mean to me and it's like and i just never cared about my looks right Cause I'm like, I'm it was just never like, a thing to you. it was more like stuff focusing on my looks. Like, I don't care if I'm ugly or if I'm pretty, like I'm just trying to become a partner. Right. Pretty privilege is a thing in a social construct with dating, but I do say it, it can work for you or really against you in terms of corporate. Mm. 
Corporate because, for sure against because you. People, because people, really? because really, a people lot of your think you don't earn think, anything you've done. They think you're only there because mm. of your looks, and it's like no. Like we took the same classes. If we I was sucking degrees. dick, then I would definitely be partner way faster. <laughs> so trust me, that Hello? means I'm not getting there. Right. If, it was, if I was, yeah, if it was Hello? that much privilege, it would have been. <laughs> it would have been so for something know. else. Right. Just yeah. so you know. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it, when he mentioned that, I still remember that because he's like, he's like, I'm like, I don't notice him. He's like, that's the problem. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. Anyway, so I was so depressed. But my dad told me, you know, that's the American dream. You get a nine wow. to five, you're miserable. But that's what it's like. That's American life. Like, that's being a grown up. That's what, that's what American life is. That's what well, I mean, the it's nine to miserable. five. Like, but yeah. not only nine to five, did y'all see it was a recent thing that um, went viral. So this man worked at Burger King for 27 this. years, never called off a day of work, and the company gave him a bag. And it had like a lanyard, two lifesavers, two <laughs> Reese's pieces. And he was like, this is what I just received for not for showing up every day for work, not being late and being loyal to this company. And in terms of, I, I want to talk again to not even the millennials, because again, I think we're living, we're living the Gen Z dreams. Mm -hmm. What did it look like for you to not be loyal to a corporation? Decide well, you that have to ask yourself. Well, that's what, okay. I feel sorry for him. A hundred percent. That sucks. <laughs> because, too. but he played himself a fool because they looked at him and his loyalty went too far to the point that like, oh, we can take advantage of this person. Right. He never asked for, for more. If you're in the same position Ooh. for so many years, you have to ask yourself, why am I still in this position? Why are we giving you're not anybody lanyard up. in 2022? When I, want, <laughs> when I want a promotion, I ask. I know I may not get it, but I have to ask like when I want a promotion for my partner because I need to know where I'm going. Right. And I said, I want, I, I, I'm, I'm, would like would like you to consider me for promotion. He was like, "Okay, well, to be honest, you're not there yet." And I said, "Okay, let's start working towards that." So now he that knows I like? want to get a promotion, Absolutely. and because you know, in especially in corporate office, there's research about this, and it shows that for men, men get promoted based on potential. Women get promoted based on past experience. Mm. Wait, Wait really? So my competitor is getting promoted, and I'm not getting promoted. I'm like, "What's up?" Well, the women also grading me terribly. So anyway, so once I realized there's no hope and every day now I'm crying in my car, I have no social media, I don't want to see any of my friends, I'm so depressed. I created an account because people kept sending me memes, mm. screenshots, <laughs> and I said, how cool for fucking once people don't focus on your looks. It's just something funny. I forgot what it's like to have a personality. I'm so lost. I have no mm. idea who I am. I thought I, I, I won class clown in high school, so I thought it was funny. <laughs> class clown. But I don't know anymore. <laughs> so then I created daddy issues because I have daddy issues. I was like, whatever, just a name. And then I just started posting memes. And then because I have such an obsessive personality and I needed an escape, I started to figure out how to crack the algorithm of Instagram. And then to and I created like different like loopholes through the algorithm and also created ways of to attract people to get, I'm like, okay, I want a celebrity to follow me. How will I get a celebrity to follow me? Okay, I'm gonna check out who their crew is. And then I'm going to figure find the one friend who has no followers and I'm gonna comment weird shit on there. And there, I'm going to get their attention. They're going to eventually tag their best friend, the celebrity. Mm. So that's what I did. The first celebrity was Joe Jonas. That's what I did. Wow. That so day, he followed me. You by. He followed me that day, and I was just like, oh, my God, it's happening. Like, this could be something. And it was just exciting, and I didn't think anything of it until finally um, six months into it, after I had the worst, like, New Year's, whatever it was, I suddenly grew 20,000 followers that night, and I was just confused, and that's when I found out MTV wrote about me. Oh. Which was the first article to ever Shout write out about to me. MTV. Yeah. 
I love MTV. And that kind of was just like, oh, this could be a business. Okay. Interesting. Because I had like 300,000 followers at that point. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going to incorporate myself. And then I'm going to figure out how to make some type of income for the next six months in order for me to be able to quit my job. Because unlike a lot of influencers, my parents are not rich. Right. I will be homeless if I can't figure out how to make rent. Right. Hello. So that was kind of, I'm Influence like, okay. Influence does not pay bills. So the first brand that came does. to me was Bumble and mm. they just they just started the app and they wanted to hire me for one job. And again, I want something, I want more money from them. So I'm like, okay, what do they need for me? And I said, listen, I think you guys should hire me for 12 months. And not only will I help promote you, I know what you need. And they're like, what do we need? And I'm like, you, cause I found out the owner of Bumble was the ex-girlfriend of the Tinder owner. Oh, shit. Wait. I did not know that. (laughs) Wait, I did not know that. That's fire. Yeah. Well, because I I always knew Bumble was was started by a woman, but now knowing that? Yeah. Wow. And And he treated her like shit and all this stuff. So I said- And Bumble put the- put the uh power in the woman's hand yep yes so i said i'm mostly female i'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna make tinder look like shit compared to us because we're gonna be female driven it's gonna yeah. be the app for women yep. and i swear to god the only my only regret with that is that i didn't ask for More. equity because mm-hmm. i literally helped bumble yep. start from scratch because this subtle flex vision. is brought yeah. to you by but then when they said okay I mean, I barely, I didn't ask for much money at all, but they're like, okay. And I said, perfect. I quit. <laughs> Love. Right on time. Yeah. Have it. Well, in what you do so very well, we are going to get into our slightly toxic portion. Yeah. yeah. And because your page is made off memes, memes to what we know in culture is not very uplifting. They're very toxic. <laughs> And they get regurgitated through stories. Well, they're they're oh, comedic. They're, they're comedic, but it's like dark truths. But, but it's real. Like yeah. a dark oh, truth it's comedy. Dark comedy. It's, it's dark yeah. comedy. It's dark comedy. Um, and we were talking in pre-pro about you posting in a comedic fashion, but I think there was still some truth to it. Four toxic red flags <laughs> that you can find in a partner. And I want to get into yep. it because I'm single. I believe it's a hot girl summer, but I, but I feel like it's more of a healing girl summer now because <laughs> we all got into these relationships during the pandemic that we decided um, and realized that I met you when I wasn't myself because the world mm. was ending. Um, and now here we go. We're outside, but we're healing from now a relationship that didn't last. Now you talk about red flags. I want to get into red flags yes, real quick. And go ahead, give us what some of those red flags were that she posted, and we'll get into it. And I want you to just oh, no. say well, what you meant by them. It was um, was it the video or was it actual memes? I believe it was the it was the I, I want to say it was the video, right, May? You put it was the video. Red flags in general. Let's do the red All flags right, in general. Red flags in general, because the- well, I think I think the biggest red flag, and this is the truth: if you're toxic, you're dating someone toxic. So the one red flag is if you're like in that. a bad place. Like it, if he's dating you, that's the biggest red flag. No, I mean, it's, no, stop it. It's not that far off. That's some it's bullshit. not that far off. I don't. I want no sound effects for that because <laughs> I find that to be bullshit. We mirror the partners we date. It's oh, it's science. Science. It's science. I don't believe in science, so don't believe anything you're saying. Actually. Well, we're the the. Slight, we're slightly toxic. We're slightly, slightly. I mean, on this podcast, but we're characters, right? Okay, wait. This is just a podcast. What's everyone's definition of being toxic? 
Ooh. I would love to know. Because everyone forgets, like, even cheating. I can think someone's cheating on me because they're emotionally cheating. Well, they think only putting their penis in a butthole is cheating. So then they're like, I'm- penis in a butthole. You dating gay guys? Uh, in my okay. butthole, that's fine. But no, okay. uh, yeah. Okay, but hopefully, you. they're not putting the penis anywhere else. Except I mean, I do anywhere. like anal sex, too. But um, for me, I said this on a previous episode. Um, we are all toxic and deserve each other here she go so we are all <laughs> here she, girl, here works in progress we all are not perfect and we'll get into that for the food for what, thought what does toxic look like man toxic looks like human the human species no everything no bitch first off none of us is god and to me god was kind of toxic too but we're not gonna get into how he was toxic but he was hiring prostitutes and all, all that there's, right. prostitutes, there's okay. prostitutes all in the bible oh it's kind of like i saw all that meme i saw that meme all about jesus like i saw the meme of a jesus it was like jesus died for me that's manipulative right but not only that <laughs> not, like you went really out through your way but also, there was only red wine. Where was the white? I like a peanut grigio. And that was not on the table no. at the Last Supper. Neither was French. Okay, sorry. <laughs> peanut. I like a peanut grigio. Peanut tea is silent. So to me, in terms of, like, the toxic red flags, like, everyone in dating and showing up, like, you can show up as who you think to be your best self. Do you self. date toxic people? Um. So here's the thing, right? See, the, See, thing, the thing is... is. <laughs> um... Because how you talk is what you're projecting, and that's what you're attracting. So everything no, you just no, said, no, if you're no. like, everyone's toxic, this and this, now, like what problem you're was problem, The problem Teens. is, too, I don't even know how that lands now because I was dating a lot of people in my 20s as a broke bitch. So I showed up wanting a certain thing from men that necessarily I didn't provide, right? And now I'm showing up in a space where I can overly provide for my partner in terms of financially, um, emotional intelligence, in quality time, in ways that I never thought as a woman I could show up. And now, unfortunately, I feel like it's too much because now I'm showing up in a way that makes a man question their role as a man. Mm. So where a man knows how to show up in terms of finances and protection, I don't really need protection, but now also I'm not looking for a provider. Yeah. And so in the ways I show up now really is my best self. It's now as a way that almost diminishes what a man has believed for the men that they you're should dating. show up as. Okay, here's what happens is at first, this is why it's sometimes harder for successful women to date. It's Here we because go. Let's get into it. when men get more and more successful, their dating pool opens up and it becomes more and more women they're able to date. When women become more and more successful, their their dating pool becomes smaller and smaller because now you want someone who's equal to you or better. Correct. You're not going to date broke men anymore. Correct. Because you're like, I'm not trying to be your mom. I'm like not sugar. trying to be your sugar mama either. Yeah. So it's just so then mm. that's why our dating pool becomes smaller and smaller for who we're willing to date. And the men we're willing to date, they have a huge dating pool. So they're like, and another thing that we don't realize, and this there's such an amazing book that I've read before and it's give like me. it tells you off and you kind of like don't want to hear but it's actually really good if you just give it a chance it's What's called it? why men don't love women like you that's it the, is. Who the fuck God, wrote this book? I, I want to shoot her. Who I wrote this book? It's there a we go. What's going on? I want, I want him. I want him to come on the pod. I want him to come on the pod. I read that book. I read that book, and that became. I started a thing called "Bitch Bad Bitch Boot Camp" and all that. It was based <laughs> after reading that book because I, like, we become we become more independent. We become we start to have more money, and then we're like. Oh, okay. Well, I. How can you go out with this girl who doesn't even have a job? When like I'm the CEO, this and this. 
we forget what we look for in a partner and a man. They're not looking for that in women. They're not. So you're actually on the same level. Not you giving us Samuels right now. No, but the truth. We're on the same level. That girl who doesn't, who maybe doesn't have a job, but she's going to school. To him, we're on the same level because he's not looking for that from us. And we forget. Right. So then we sit there and we try to like, sometimes women put it, other women down when they're like, well, I did this and this. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like it's you're so, on the same level to me. It's so crazy because way, way back in the day, my homegirl literally used to do nails at a kiosk in the middle of the mall and she was fucking with Wayne. And it was just like, Wayne Wait, I had a friend you- that was also fucking him. Wayne has fucked a lot of people. <laughs> but it's just like, in Wayne is in Lil Wayne? Lil like Wayne. Weezy F, baby? Lil, Weezy F, baby. Please say the baby? Please say the baby. All right. And they were saying the baby. <laughs> Not giving them babies, but they were saying the baby. Well, thank God And it that. was just at like, at that time, right? This was also in the in the in the mix of where you put men on certain pedestals, and you would think a man of this caliber has to want another woman compatible with him, especially because now we see the Jay Z Beyonce rhetoric of a powerhouse, and kind of. a lot of the men that really reach these large, large, large scale of power and money really don't want a woman that's their equal. No, and so now we busted our ass in school. We've become, we've lifted up in this space you've, of you've the bypassed, hierarchy. You've, you've literally bypassed a lot of men yeah. to get and, there. And now they don't want us because. Because it's like, they want you. I've noticed Ugh. a lot of my friends get men, uh, their, their boyfriends. It's because they just, they were around. So it's kind of convenient. It's like, it's convenient for the time because you're busy now. So if they're like, I want to take you out. You're like, oh, I can't today. Um, I can. Uh, how about Friday at 3 p.m.? And he goes, cool, I'm going to ask someone else because uh, I'm available right now. Mandy, Mandy, Violet, Mandy hit that offer, wall because she's busy. I got busy. an offer to a fly out on some host shit. He was like, yo, let me bring you to Vegas. And actually, you can invite your friends. And he hit me up. This was like a Tuesday. <laughs> he <laughs> wanted to do that weekend. I said, can we revisit this in three weeks? I said, actually, I don't. <laughs> I'm have, too busy. Work I is said, just crazy I right now. I have no availability. So I'm like, I have the opportunity for a whole trip, everything, all expense paid to Vegas. And I'm like, actually, I can't. <laughs> and it was the conversation about, I actually have to be here for work. I have seen the thing is twice a week. I have a studio that's now open. I'm like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Impressive. But, yeah. Anyway. But, but men, men, right. men. We'll move on to the fucking yeah, because it's like you just care because it's about their time. They need you to be available for them. They're not thinking about your time, so that's the difference. Ah! So then the girl that's in school, she's not the CEO or whatever. So he's like, she she can carry my babies. She has time. Or she <laughs> she has sh- time. Or or another thing, I have some friends like one of my friends um, that I grew up with, very wealthy, billionaire, and he man he just recently became a billionaire. Um, so I'm not saying. I'm like my friend now. He looks like I just grew up with billionaires. <laughs> he just—I right. don't want to say the name of the company that he owns. I mean, everyone knows it. But anyway, the point is that when I've realized, based on these billionaire types, they have these women, and they know I have the money. You're most likely dating me for my money, so I'm going to treat you the way I want to treat you, and I'm going to speak to you the way I want to speak to you. Because us, if a man was like, "Have a seat," you'd be like, "Excuse me." Have a seat, nigga. I sit when I want to sit. Yeah, you're like, "Excuse me." You talking to me like you talking to me like you paid for this seat. Exactly. Have a seat. He did. Oh, he did if he's a billionaire. Exactly. He probably made that shit. He probably paid somebody to make that shit. And he doesn't want that headache. He's like, okay, I'm going to take the that one who's beneath me, who's going to depend on me for money. That's what my father told me, your education, your job. Yeah. He said, your man may cheat on you and leave you. 
And then if if oh if he, someone cheats on you, you're going to have so to stay with So the survival that. tactic is to get a job so that if when you get married, <laughs> if he cheats on you and leaves you, Which, you, don't, you won't be broke. People get confused when I say that because my parents are still together. So like, does that mean your dad was cheating on my mom? I mean, I hope not. I don't think so. <laughs> but my not. mom, my mom's, I grew up in a way that was so opposite of feminism because I looked up to my dad who was never around and would put me down when he was around and I was just well you looked up to him because he prioritized his needs and what and what he wanted to yeah, do for his and life I, but I was desperate for his love mm. my mother which is which is which is very mm. it's very frequent so with true. with young women especially with mm. fathers that are not I mean I feel we have that a good way. relationship now though well yeah I mean and my dad I was I was a love child, so my we were the we were the other family, which is wow. very which is very common in with Caribbean men. Um, there's yeah. there's a lot of other families outside of the marriage, and so we were the we were the we were the the, the side family, and so my dad was not really around. And I remember when, once I got to the age of understanding the dynamic between my mother being the other woman, her needs were never going to be met, her mm-hmm. expectations were never going to be met because she had already she had already settled into being the side chick, so there was never going to be a moment. How did that make you, th- how did you think of well, your mother I, I, after when you realized that? Well, I lost respect for my mother because she wasn't honest with herself, first Ooh. of all. She didn't think enough of herself to demand what she really wanted. But I also respected the shit out of my dad because he was up front with her from the very fucking beginning. And she chose to settle for that, regardless of whatever it, it was. is when you get older, you look at your parents and you're just like, you don't know what you're doing. You had no fucking like, clue. And no, I realized, I, 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 I I'm that- on the opposite end because I've had relations with married men. So, okay. And I've chose those relations for whatever reason I did. And I, yeah, but I, you didn't I, I but you didn't feel shortchanged every time. My mother no. felt shortchanged. And that oh, was she why wanted, she, oh, wanted she wanted way more. And she ah. acted like she was cool with the arrangement and she wasn't. So she shortchanged herself. Okay. So by the time I was like tw- 13 maybe or 12, I realized like wait a minute, you you're making yeah. decisions based on like you're hoping that this is going to change the situation when you've already committed to the to what the dynamic is and he's You've committed to playing the game by his rules. He's not, he hasn't changed the game. He hasn't lied to you. He hasn't played with you. He hasn't, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's mm-hmm. been honest and upfront with you this whole time, which is why we always say women value honesty more than they value what the truth actually is. Wow. So the truth, the truth of the matter is my dad really wasn't shit. And he was going back and forth. We lived one block away. If you want, if, have you been That's to New York? That's how crazy it is. Yeah. So basically Manhattan is a grid, Right. My mother and I lived on the corner of 20th and, and 9th Avenue, and him, my father and his wife lived on 21st Street, Bro. one block over and one avenue over. With his whole family. Until, until I was maybe seven years old. And his wife had no idea that I even existed until I was 12. So he was able to move and shake. However, he, was, he, had, one the, he had dual away. holidays one block away. So he would be up with us on Christmas. I didn't have any concept of... That's not sick. Any Crazy. of the other family. But wow. my mother my mother would be miserable and heartbroken. And then by the time I was 12, I was yeah. like, he got a whole wife. He got six other kids. Girl, he not thinking about you. And you acted like you were cool with it. Hey, can I can I do a honest hot take yeah. now for the slightly toxic portion? Wait, did you, did, now, do you have a good relationship with both of your parents now? So my dad passed when I was He's 20. Fine. I didn't have a good relationship with him in high school. And then when, when I was 19, the year before he passed, my mother had like life-threatening surgery. And so... The doctor was sitting me sitting me down. I'm my mother's only biological child. I have an adopted sister who's also my age. So she's, they sat both of us down. The doctor was like, you know, if there's any, if something goes wrong, is there anybody that you would want to be here with you? Is there any other guardian or whatever that would be here with you? And my mom kind of, and I wasn't, I hadn't talked to my dad in like two, three years. My dad was supposed to, my mom and I didn't get along at all in high school. I was supposed to move to Florida to live well, with him. Well, you didn't respect her. At all. Without realizing. Mm, at all. Well, no, I knew I had okay. no respect for her because 
we yeah. moved, we we moved to Arizona to get away from him when I was nine, and then moved back when I was twelve, allegedly for educational purposes and then she got right back in a relationship with him so i was like okay this is giving manipulation and i'm collateral it's trash and so she didn't admit that either until like fairly recently until like maybe a year ago she admitted like yeah i'm sorry i put you through that i was like yeah it's all right bitch i understand <laughs> i get it now now that i'm a grown-ass woman and i've done some yeah. stupid ass shit i get it we, we we have this conversation though about like how a woman shows up in those aspects and to me hot unpopular take Anytime I've dealt with a married man, I've never wanted to change spaces with their wife. Because, well, well, we have this conversation regarding what a wife means to her. Because to me, I've had the conversation where I would never want to know that I'm married to someone, I committed these vows, and this person is out here having these other relations, like the one that I've had as the side chick with Mm. married men. And so... Anytime I've been in a relation and my friends have tried to check me, like, but he's married, I don't want to change or switch positions with the wife. But you also don't want the things that the wife wants. And so... So it works, it actually works in... It, but it, what is that? The wife The wife wants complete monogamy. The wife wants his time, his attention, his affection, his his Y'all partnership, his companionship. And at the end nigga of the day... You're on a work trip, nigga. Sorry. You're like, yeah. I'm cool with this. You you on some scissor well, for the weekend wait, shit, why, which worked. Why did you want to... So you were just, you you loved being the other girl because you don't actually, you didn't want a real relationship with that person, right? I believe I had real relationships. With no, but you were never like, I think he's going to leave his wife for me. Well, I no, never didn't want it. I didn't want it. That's why I say you wanted different things. But, but, uh-huh. but yeah, but the but monogamy to me is also like an unrealistic expectation of a human being, not only just a man, but it's an un, unrealistic expectation. And so to me, I did truly believe my relationship with any man who was married was more honest. And to me, like we said, a woman values honesty yeah. over a lot of other things. My mo- my mother, honesty. my mother, her first husband, he cheated on her. Um, my mother, <laughs> my mother's first husband was this really, I guess, really tall, beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed man oh. who was a doctor. It was Thor in, in Russia, and <laughs> but Jewish, which is very rare for like a Jewish person to have like the blonde hair and the blue eyes, right. and like you know, he was beautiful. He was a doctor, and then one day she found love letters from another woman, and she made the decision to leave. And I can't believe I'm going to say this because she. She didn't tell me this until I was 18. My parents were very conservative, but so this is her secret. So I feel bad for exposing her. But she found the love letters and then she found out she was pregnant. So a lot of other women would stay. And she, and she as also as a Jew, just think if you're a Jew or a black person in Russia, good luck with having any opportunities with anything, especially right. back then. So, which sounds just like in the 40s, but really it's like the 70s. Whatever. Right. So anyway, the point is... That's okay, girl. She, Lyn- lynching lynching in America was just was just, just decided oh, yeah. as a crime just in the now. last couple of years. So it's I great. Don't know, like this year. This year. Well, yeah, well, 2020. Okay, 2020, so yeah, 2020. anyway, she, she found out she was pregnant and she and a lot of women would have stayed. I would probably stay without realizing. And then she said, I'm leaving you. She didn't tell him about the baby. She decided, which I know a lot of people disagree with that stuff. She decided to have an abortion because she'll know she'll never love the child because she mm. hates, despises this man. And she left him and she moved to another town. He kept trying to chase her and he, he told her, who's going to, you are expired goods. You're 30 years old, going to be a divorcee. Who's going to want to marry you? You might expired as well just stay. Goods? Yeah, you might as well stay with me. 
And she said, no, sorry. And she didn't grow up with the mother. And then her, um, her mother passed away when she was 13. And then her dad left the family for another woman. So they had to raise themselves on their own. Wow. And she went to the grave to her mother and she was like, crying. She's like, I wish you were here. Like, I have no motherly advice. She moved to another town and then it, people tried to set her up with men. And she goes, I am done dating attractive men. How about, <laughs> and she goes, so they try to set her up with some hot guy. And she goes, I'm done with hot men. How about his friend? Which was my dad. Can, wow. can I be honest with you, Violet? Yeah. In my breakup, I literally just said he's had privilege, pretty privilege to where I don't want another good-looking man because as mad as I am at this man for multiple reasons, when I see him, it's be like, I'm not mad at you anymore. Because he's so good looking. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, he is. Once you, but also, once but you're, you're, you're also once you in love. Someone, so once love. you unlove yeah. someone, you're like, you are so fucking ugly. I yeah. hate looking but, but, she, she hasn't unloved nah, this man one. Fine. She that, has that not unloved fine. him. That's Even how I know. I am right now. I got him blocked. But he's so fine. I'm like, That's shit. how I know I'm over someone is when I'm like, you are so ugly. But also, no, this, yeah. is, this is why as a woman, you know, in your 30s, you got to deal with niggas that are slightly ugly because they can't talk to you in certain ways. Like, I, yeah, you, you can't you can't talk to me like you fine if you're not fine. You can't. You gotta watch your tone you gotta, with me if you're not fine. You gotta watch your goddamn. You gotta watch mouth. your tone. You gotta watch your tone with me if you're not and fine. And it makes me more like understanding of where we stand in this relationship, nigga. You better watch your motherfucking actions. Well, something that is toxic in my in my opinion is self sabotage. Mm, yeah. And I think everyone, it's not a, it's not a, it's not just men, it's not just women. I think we self sabotage a lot. Yeah. And we, and we, sometimes we know, sometimes we don't. But I think it's a toxic trait that, and I, I learned this in therapy. Oftentimes, when we have experienced trauma in the in our past, we are on a mission to reaffirm our fears constantly. Mm-hmm. So in yeah. a relationship, subconsciously, right? You're always subconsciously, you're always looking for something to reaffirm that your partner is unfaithful or that that they're not they're not who they say they are, yeah. right? You're always looking yeah. for something to reaffirm what you've known to be true for so long. You have such a strong voice. Thank you. I've been dying you, to tell you. Thank that. you. Do you hear this shit? Your voice is so like I so, I, like I like both of your voices, but her voice is like I can't explain. It's like Thank powerful you. and soothing. Thank oh no, but mind when you, I, speaks, I heard the powerfulness. Like... I first met her. She came on my show and talked about how great of a cheater she was. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh. I did. I went on a reality. I, wanna... sh- I went on a reality <laughs> show and told the entire nation, entire nation, that I had cheated. I was a serial cheater on my ex boyfriend. And, which, which and I awful. just thought it was so strong and feminist of her. And she was I like, said, I want to do a podcast wow. with Bridget Kelly. She's she like, you really her. don't mind telling people? I was like, no, I definitely, no, I went on national television and told everybody I cheated on this man multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, tra- I mean, it was trash, yeah. but it was also, for me, it, it was a moment of, um, the accountability was really important to me because there was so much growth that came from it, but also identifying the, identifying the double standard that's that's well yeah because it's like oh well men cheat all the time she cheats like oh that she's, she's a, such hoe. a hoe <laughs> yeah like oh my god exactly. and she wants yeah and, and what's crazy is oddly enough this this last week was like a two-year was like the two-year dating anniversary for my partner and i and we both posted each other on our feed after a lot of deliberation we were like i don't mm-hmm. know if i want to do this and we were like you know what fuck it we've been together for two years we live together like at this point we're planning our futures we're in you know premarital counseling at this like we are we're taking all the steps right and so we posted each other and then randomly i got tagged in some in in a post from like some random blogger um 
And it was an interview that I did in like 2016 oh. or 17 no. around the time of the show. No. And it was about me being a cheater oh. and how, it, you know, well, Bridget, Bridget Kelly cheated on her man several times and thinks she deserves sympathy or something like that. Like that was the, the caption. No. And all I could think to myself we was, buying? well, I don't know. I don't know who the person is, but it was blog. literally within an hour of me posting about That's how happy it. I was in this new relationship. And we're celebrating our two years together. And whoever this person was posted this video on Instagram, which I reported immediately from <laughs> all the pages. And oh yeah, from the from the pod page, from my page, Finsta. from the Finsta. Like, no, we're reporting all this. And so it's still up though, sadly. But either way, it just made me, it just reminded me like people and it and it's got it's it feels like a man a man's account, but it just for women, we're probably the only people where our growth is questioned before it's celebrated. Yeah. And so well, hello, even jobs, like I said, yeah. past experience yeah. versus potential. Absolutely. People don't want Absolutely. you to be happy. We get, you get, you get six, you gain some success. And I remember that even, even in dating the person that I, that I used to date, it was like, why are you dating him? He's regular. He doesn't have any money. And I was like, do you see I'm happy? Well, because he, he loves me. He knows he shows up for me in, in different ways. He, he knows we how to, that a lot with JLo dating yeah. her dancers and, a lot of the celebrity women that date just people that aren't celebrities were like, well, she could do so much better. But also, but also <laughs> we do that. And then we look at a man who has money, like a Russell Wilson, who loves the shit out of his wife. And people think it's corny. It's like, so wait a minute. Well, it's because if someone looks at you and like, okay, she's pretty, she's successful, yeah. and now she's in love. That's not fair. She has everything. Oh, right. she has she's to be. undeserving. She Something has, has to yeah. be wrong with her. Something oh, has oh, to be wrong with her. she's a cheater. Yeah, she's a terrible person. Okay, right. cool. Now I can just justify right. why I'm so fucking miserable. And imagine, imagine if you spent all the time you spent on hating people on the internet, if you just put that towards, you know, accomplishing your career, accomplishing your goals, how much further you would get in life? Yeah. <laughs> Talk your shit. Yeah. However... It's Bridget, true. before we get out of here, I do think it's about that time. It is about that time. For a freshly squeezed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. So our freshly squeezed segment is about music. We always try and yes. implement something cool, whether it's, you know, a time, putting us in a time capsule or we have like a, a some new current current okay. takes, current current music that we want to play. But this this in particular. Oh, my God. Don't don't do Drake. No, no, we're not. Oh, his new album, I can't do it. That's me too. Thank you. Thank you. So first off, first off, I hope I I haven't I wasn't as dragged as I was for the Kendrick Lamar take that I had. Mm -hmm. But Drake's new album is not for me. Although you know, Jewish. Look, he's a Scorpio (laughs) like me. He's great. Oh, he had a bar mitzvah, yay. I don't want to, you know, he's circumcised, good for him. <laughs> but well, he's Jewish. You know That's what's crazy? I, I did learn that circumcision was more of like a Western thing. I was watching uh, Naked Attraction, which is a show <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> no one has had yeah. a cut dick. They all had turtlenecks. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to pray for y'all. Well, not only foreskin in the black market, I'm curious to know. Why are what, people what? buying foreskin? The stem cells on foreskin is profitable. So so here's the thing, and this is an awful take, and maybe this will have to be cut out, I'm not sure, but the fact that all of them had turtlenecks on their dicks and bad teeth at the same time, I just knew they weren't cleaning their dicks right. Wait, British they, people They couldn't even clean have, their teeth right. Their I don't know what awful. it is up with the, the it, teeth stuff. There's no, stuff, dentist. There's no dentistry. I will say, I do prefer uncircumcised men. Do you? Really? Mm-hmm. 
How come? You like the little, the little because it's like a slip and slide. <laughs> so it's just easier. <laughs> you if you, even if you're giving head, it's like it just helps you out because you, you're you don't have to. The you stimulation, know? the stimulation yeah, of the skin, and on the, it's on so the, sensitive. The, the it also adds yeah. a little to the girth. I did research on it when I the first guy, this one guy. Not to mention a lot of times you don't even know you're with the uncircumcised. Like one time I, I started hanging out with this one girl, oh, I, I and she was just like, "Oh yeah, one time I banged like this British pocket. guy." It's like a lint pocket. And I was like, "Wait, I banged him too," and that's when I found out that this guy we both banged was uncircumcised i oh. i slept with them a couple of times i had no idea know. no because when it's hard well yeah but also when they put the a same. condom on it's not they yeah have to, they oh, have condoms, to be yeah. really first <laughs> oh, condoms, condoms, yeah. condoms yeah but you have to go really like i've liked some good ones that got so hard the skin didn't move but when oh. the skin moves baby it's i don't know what's it's giving Oh, uh, oh! What's the no, like, but it it's so like much a, it looks like a turtle coming head. out of the shell. It's so much easier to give head because of that. It's not because no. now I have to move something out the way. I like when everything no. is just there. Have you given head to uncircumcised? Girl, I have. I will actually say I don't suck dick if there's a turtleneck on it. Okay, like, so it's you not don't, winter, it's, it's not summer, bad. and I'm not. I don't suck dick actually. Now, I know I need. I I don't like to move stuff. That's a lot of extra moving. And I'm stuff. really into British guys right now. Oh, okay. So good for you yeah. in the Eastern. So hemisphere. it's working. So it's working to not to, to like men that have a little extra hood. It's well, right now I'm not fucking anyone. So it's more. Oh, that's right. You're on yeah. a dick tox. <laughs> I love. First of all, I love the word dick tox. Can we just talk about the word dick tox? It's of fantastic. Dick tox is such a sensational word. So so a detox from dick, which is crazy because I actually go through that every cycle. If I feel like I don't have dick between periods. I'm celibate, and I just let everyone know, hey, I'm celibate because I've gone through two cycles with no penis, but it's not really, apparently everyone checks me when I say that. It's not really a thing. What? No? I mean, it's a shedding of the lining, not of anything else, really, <laughs> the cycle. But it's, you know, whatever makes you feel good. Jesus Christ. All right. Whatever works. Well, I want to get into our freshly squeeze yes. where I want to give homage. Yes. To boy bands. Yeah. And girl bands, pop in R&B this week. Um, a few weeks ago, if you guys heard, because we were talking about the Abercrombie documentary. Did you see the Abercrombie documentary? <laughs> I'm laughing because I worked at. Oh, of course you did. They <laughs> hired you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. You, you made the quota that. of their aesthetic. You actually <laughs> fit. You do fit the bill. One day, although my manager, the meanest one, it, it is true what they say. The ones in the back were the less attractive ones. And one day I came, I came to work and I had no makeup on. I just showered. And my manager looked at me and he goes, yeah, your outfit's whatever. Your face is not working for me. Your hair is wet. We're going to need you to work in the back today. And I was like, excuse me? You know what? F this. I quit. And then I left. And apparently that was a potential lawsuit. They called me, begged me to come back to, to work. And the next day I was working in the front. I'm not going to lie. There's so many ways that they did not let us know as millennials that we could have made money. <laughs> nice, yeah. the way we were really discriminated against and not treated equally and fair and all these things that we know now. The amount of times I saw the two, Look. the two Wongs don't make a right shirts. <laughs> oh my I God. I never thought anything was Bro. wrong with them. I burned I my hand. I burned my hand working a coffee bean. Never did I think, oh, that's a lawsuit. <gasps> Ooh, Another lawsuit I could have got. made Man. fucking money. I could have sued Abercrombie. I could have sued coffee. What is it? Coffee bean? Coffee bean? Yeah. No. Nope. Well, my choice for this week for Freshly Squeeze comes from an, a girl group R&B band. Oh, I'm hyped. Okay. That also collabed with a pop group. Oh. 
I'm gonna play it now. And if you don't know this, turn off the podcast. You're too young. <gasps> oh, I love this song. I do this, think I know this. This is for those of you who do not know. This is a '99. Y'all know this? Oh, y'all can't hear. Oh, it, right? baby, bring it all to me. Yeah. So this is "Bring It All to Me" by Black and In Sync. Again, if you don't know, I forgot that you look like a boss. Looking as fine as envy. Oh yeah, okay, it's just that. So you're looking at me, what you wanna do? I could be a singer if I could sound like this. Baby, talk to me. Tell me what's on your mind, baby. Oh, oh baby, bring it all to me. This, I don't know this song. You don't know this song? It's okay. It's all good. I just thought you could bring it real bad. Oh, baby, bring it all to me. So, for those of you who do not know, oh, here we go. Look. Would I be too forward? Oh, this is Justin Timberlake. That's just no way I do my thing. I'm so for real. Sounds like Jay-Z. This is like Jay-Z. This is Jay-Z. This is Jay-Z for sure. First of all, the fact that Jay-Z is a white man was able to say my thug uphill. Um that would not have been able to go through in the writer's room <laughs> at uh, all. Why was he saying thug a bill? Um, what does that mean? He just was not a thug, JC Shazay. None of them were thugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did wear baggy jeans and white tees at an era that, you know, we did. You got to look up JC Shazay. Um, I want to see if I have any favorite songs. So if you could think of your top boy band group era, um, that again was or or R and B pop group. I can't actually oh, made you know a know who I love. Go ahead and give it to me so we can play it, baby and girl. I'm a, um, give it to me. Well, I'm looking. So we're 98 here. degrees. I'm not, oh, of course, because hold on, this total flex is brought to you by. Yeah. Can you please let everyone know that you used to host a show with Nick Lachey, baby? So <laughs> I hosted um, a, a morning show, a variety show called Big Morning Buzz with Nick Lachey and comedian Michelle Buteau, who is Hello. phenomenal. Now, is she's just, all she's blown Netflix. up. She's all over everything. She has a, um, a comedy special on Netflix called Utopia. But Nick, and Nick Lachey actually is, Nick Lachey and his wife, um, Vanessa, host. Um, Merit, not it was ultimatum. It, it's ultimatum, the ultimatum. I'm like, not ready for a sight. What's the other marriage show? They host the, the ultimatum. ultimatum on Netflix, which is an insane show about 20 somethings who feel like they have to get married at 24 or they're gonna die. Um, now, but that's also, every romantic show, every is. romantic movie, too. She's like, I got it all. I'm the CEO of Vogue and, and I have like a seven million dollar apartment and I'm 22 years <laughs> old. And if, if I don't get married tomorrow, if I don't find like, love, I'm they're 24 like, and my I'm ready parents to have will disown me, right? <laughs> which is like, yeah, how what, what era are we but in? But also, if you don't know who 90 Degrees is again. I do. Too young to Thank be God. 98 degrees. Fun. 98 degrees. While everybody was wearing enormous t-shirts, 98 degrees was wearing enormous tank tops, and they all had tribal <laughs> tattoos. They actually made tribal tattoos a thing for a little while. Everybody right. got those 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 like barbed wire around the around the, the bicep <laughs> tattoos for a little bit. Um, but because of you was one of my favorite songs, and the video was cute because it felt like an homage to Mariah Carey's Dream Lover video in the in the bushes. Because it was like, why are y'all on top of this hill in big-ass tank tops? What were y'all doing out here? Push-ups? I mean, it I was, like the big tank tops over the G. But I loved, I loved this song, and I loved the fact that they were they were much more manly than they were. They were, like, physically more manly than the other boy groups. You know this song, right? No. You've never heard this? Oh, my God. I'm not even going to get you on. 
Such an era. Okay, so era. I have Look, a song that like, I, I hearted. <laughs> Ooh. Which is like, I always. Oh, I love that song. Okay, I'm Pretty and No Scrubs by TLC. But oh, okay, so I'm not yeah. Lie, so if that... I'm feeling sad, then it's I'm Pretty. And if I want to just like pop off, I'm done with men. I'm like, No Scrubs. Like, I still listen to that song. Mm. So that one. I'm not going to lie. This was one of those songs that uh, we talked about, like, security and yes. insecurity growing up as young girls when this song came out oh yeah it changed like what conversation looked like yeah for us as women i don't know if many men listening resonated to this song as much as like a lot of us did and i also don't know how t-boz got the lead vocals and everything but that's another topic i also like that her voice was deep so that's why it was different but what does that mean to you Shelly had vocals too she was over singing to me. Okay. Oh, oh shit. Because she comes in over singing this fucking right. next part. I do like this part. came out with her song. Wait, but what's year. crazy is that when you're younger, you listen to these songs, you're just singing the lyrics. Oh, oh my God, wait, uh, Usher. Every fucking Here song of Usher. But wait, <laughs> but when, you, but when I got older and I listened to I'm Pretty and I go, holy shit, she's talking about how you make me feel like shit about myself. Like mm-hmm. you make me feel so unbeautiful. And I was like, wow, like this hits so much more when you're an adult and you yeah. listen to these songs. Because yeah. I had no idea that's what they were singing about when I was younger. I was just like, oh, just going along. When I saw the video, I definitely knew. So they had the obese girl. They had oh, the yeah, bulimic girl. They had But I didn't really think it was because you make me feel this way. Like this is mm. how I see my, I, was, I thought it had to do with like how I feel about myself. It, but like now that I listen to it, what I think about is like you dating someone that just makes you feel so unbeautiful. And it's like, you make me yeah. feel like shit about myself I all the time. Just, I actually just had this conversation with a friend do you believe that your partner or your friends can put insecurity onto you? And I say that in ways to where you choose to wait. take their, you choose. No one can make okay. you feel any type of way. I you didn't. choose to allow someone okay. to make you feel that way. Okay. Because then people, a lot of people who have okay. their insecurities will say, be like, well, it's important how you make other people feel. I'm not responsible for your feelings. 
I'm not respond like I'm sorry. That's the truth. I, but I kind if of if I, I, I if you're I if I feel okay. like sh- this is this is a real philosopher thing that I've talked about it. recently is that there's a philosopher that says that our percep our humans are the worst narrators of their own reality mm. and that's because your reality is always based on where you are in your life mentally and if you heal from your trauma things like that so if i'm right now i'm in a bad place and i think the world sucks and everyone is the worst i'm gonna sit here and my reality going to be like she she acted like she was all that and she was like kind of disrespectful mm. to me she interrupted me when i was speaking i didn't appreciate that because i feel and it's nothing to do with you guys because i feel like shit about myself you guys can have a reality where you're like we have the best time with this girl and I'm going to walk out because I'm in a bad situ- mental situation. I'm like, they were the worst. They hated I, me. I actually want to compare that to something that we talked about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet Jackson had a documentary recently, and I was actually so upset that she did not victimize herself in the way that all of the men in her life had treated her. And I was so upset that she granted them grace mm-hmm. and that she didn't hold them as the monsters that they were including her own brother michael jackson and the way that he treated her in certain places and the way that uh despite her writing for the debarge she, yeah, she's but, smart she healed she moved on and so you saying she's that peaceful. is so powering because i'm just like i was upset that she almost didn't see the monsters that they were but maybe because she probably already did she, and she healed a, from she's it she's in a place that now she can because she doesn't need to revisit those things like Understood. who who does it really hurt when 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 you hate someone that person does not give a shit. Doesn't matter how much I'm gonna hate this person, they don't give a fuck. I hate them. They're it's moving true. on with their life. So I'm sitting there, my bitterness and it's building up, building up. It's heavier and heavier. My, and and physically, when you there was research that showed that like if you are in an unhappy relationship, a marriage, and all that, it will affect your health, your physical. So mm. if I'm angry, I'm getting like I'm already thinking my body just going like this i have to just There's release tension. like yeah, yeah. it just has to leave my body i have to forgive i not in a way where mm. i'm like yeah come back into my life i have to forgive in a way that you know what you have boundaries this had not i will believe that this had nothing to do with me and i will move on i'll never forgive this person i'll learn from this but they don't deserve mm. me even thinking about them ever again and the way I, the, when i move on from humans is the way where they're so dead to me in a way that I'm so indifferent. They mm. don't exist. When people bring them up, Spoken like I don't, a true Scorpio. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't, when people bring them up, I don't, I never talk shit about them. Cause it's like, that's, you're, you're so insignificant to me. Mm. Like I'm so successful. Look at where you're at. Have fun. I do think that there is a difference between, I don't think you're responsible for someone else's triggers. However, I do think you are responsible for how you show up. Yeah with someone that you have a relationship with friendship, business partnership, romantic relationship, there's a difference between being held accountable and being punished. Of course. And so I don't, I, for, I agree with you to the, the extent that, yeah, I agree with you that you're not responsible for triggering people and for their reactions and responses to being triggered because triggers are their own personal shit. That's their yeah. shit. That's not your shit. But there are some instances where the accountability that exists in a relationship demands that, you approach situations with respect. And if it seems like you deliberately did not do that, 
and are resting on the level of comfort and familiarity in that relationship, you've taken advantage of that connection. And so you are accountable to that person. But we also have different love languages. And there's so many, and we even friendships, we don't yeah. create boundaries and all that. So I can just be myself living right. my life and somehow it triggers you or upsets you unless you tell me, hey, by the way, right. when you do this, it bothers me yep. and it triggers me. Now I know. Now it's up to me to actually not do that. That's right. different. Right. Now if I do that, it's, it means I don't care about your feelings. Correct. But if you don't address it with me, sorry, how would I know? I'm not a mind reader. But also, if it's not addressed, I think some people, and I'm, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I, I, my friend and I get to have a conversation before this episode comes out. We're odds right now, and he's having conversations with other people that are not me. Uh, and uh, I really don't like that. And uh, well, and and they're our friends, but I also think the the problem that I have with that is. The more time that passes, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a resolution person. People consider that to be confrontational. I am confrontational. I'm not combative, but I'm confrontational because I like to address things while they're urgent, while they're present, and really while you feel the most passionate about them. Oh. If you're having conversations with other people, you're getting your shit off with other people. And by the time the, by the time you actually get to the source of the of your issue, You've already blown off steam. So now I'm going to get the watered down version of what you were really upset about. And you may choose to, to keep some things to yourself because, again, that's a self that's a that's a, a self sabotaging self sabotaging behavior of holding on to resentments just in case. Yeah. I, like you're I, seeking I, to reaffirm the people, fears just in case. Some and people I do that. I had a friend yeah. that did that when we had an argument. I keep things to myself. I have to sit. She's more confrontational than me. Yeah. I have to sit in my thoughts and I have to process things. But I won't talk to anyone. My parents taught me that. My parents, I mean, again, all the Russians' lessons, like, one time I, I was on the phone with my friend, I was like, okay, love you, bye. My dad was like, Violetta, she does not love you. She <laughs> she does not mean that. And it's like, so then you kind of learn, okay, so my parents taught me, if I need advice, call my mom only. Mm. Don't tell, don't gossip to other people, so I keep shit to myself. Yeah. So... I will complain to my mother about my friend. My friend will go to her common friends. I also felt disrespected, but then I had to communicate with her and I said, that's not okay with me because they don't need to know our dirty laundry. You're giving them now ideas of who I am as a person. They need to learn on their own. That's well, between you and I. Well, more importantly than that, if if this relate, if in but my- But you set in, boundaries like that. But it's also, it's to me, it's a reflection of you've already decided. So in those moments, I'm not responsible now for how you choose to move about how you feel. But that's how they- this is the difference. They commu Everyone communicates differently. One time my sister and I were having a disagreement. She said, but I would never do that. And I said, yeah, because that's right. But you're not me and I'm not you. Of course, right. you would never do that. So you can't but expect I you from other people. Exactly. That's what we forget. Mm -hmm. So he this is how your friend heals. So that's what they need to do to communicate. So they're going to other people. Maybe they're not as confrontational. They don't know how to say it to you. They have to process their thoughts. Yeah. So you have to go to them and you have to say, hey, don't go talk to her to all of our friends or maybe focus on one person yeah, to them and but, then come to me. But, if they continue, then mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you've crossed my boundaries. Yeah. But at first you can't. Well now, but, but that yeah. also lets me know you're more committed to however you're, whatever, whatever resolution you've decided with other people that doesn't mm. involve me. So now I'm not up. Now the conflict is not with me anymore. The conflict is within you because you've decided to stand and die on that hill and not address it with me so that we can have a resolution. You've already decided what the outcome of this friendship is going to be because you haven't talked to me about it. So you've talked to everybody else because you're so determined to be right and prove your right. point. You, you were just looking for validation. You were just for looking for validation else. of your point and your stance and, and not really addressing it with me. And cause ultimately I'm the only person that could fix it. Right. Yeah. I'm the only person that can either adjust behavior or we can communicate and figure out 
how to meet in the middle. But I think I think to your point, at the end of the day, I can't I can be I can only be responsible for how I have made someone feel. I can't be responsible for what they do about it. I can't. So if someone decides they don't want to be friends with me anymore or they don't want to be in business with me or they don't want to be in a relationship with me anymore based on how I've made them feel, I understand that. But it's not your job to cater to everyone's feelings, to understand everyone's triggers, unless they obviously address it to you. Correct. And a lot of the time when I've had falling outs with people, years later, they come to me and they say, listen, I, and I always say, I know for, I can feel this has nothing to do with me. The way your reaction, because I'm very calm when I have disagreements with people, almost too calm, which is what upsets sometimes people. <laughs> Not with men, obviously. Different. Yes. But, and, and I'll say, you're projecting. I know this, the way you're reacting doesn't make sense. To, and they'll be like, what? Blah, blah. Three months later, hey, listen, I was very depressed. I was going through a lot of stuff. Right. I told you. Well, guess what? You've crossed the line. And I told you. So we can never be friends again. Period. Yes. End. Yeah. But it's a good boundary set. It is. Took me a long time to get there for people to take advantage of me. But the point is with your friend is it depends. A lot of times it's our ego. It's like, you know what? Mm. You can go to everyone else when you don't go to me. You know what? Then fuck this. I don't need. And it's, so you have to ask right. yourself. Every well, day I'm not, you wake and up, I'm, is and this I'm working? Not that, I'm not that person. I'm not but you the, have fuck to ask this yourself, person. I'm is the, this working out I'm for the, me? Come talk to me. I'm ready to talk to you. I'm the most kumbaya-ass bitch, Mandy will tell you. I want every, yeah. I want us all to be united But not, be not okay. everyone sits around thinks about what is this person feeling i'm everyone's right. more like self-involved like mm -hmm. this is how this made me feel yeah this is about me and my feelings so then it's up to you to be like can i re remove my ego yeah and understand where this person's coming from they're not as grown as me so i have to be the bigger person i've been the bigger person every right. time but that is this working for me so you ask yourself is this that worth becomes it becomes draining violet so then you being the bigger person so then you choose to leave becomes draining i have uh, this therapist taught me that every day you wake up and whatever you have in your life and you ask yourself is this working for me today and every day if you keep saying this is working for me whatever you're going through it works if one day you wake up and you say you know what i'm tired of being the bigger person because no one i'm filling everyone else's cups no one's filling up my cup i'm drained this is not working for me goodbye and that's how you make that decision. But also, the minute that you start feeling compromised, you're no longer the bigger person. You're not the bigger person. And it's funny because I saw a post recently that talked about people pleasing being unconsciously manipulative. Because ultimately, you, you're people pleasing and trying to get, you're trying to convince someone mm -hmm. based on your treatment of them and your compromises you're trying to sway them to get them to behave the way that you want them to based on how how much you do for them you're reading me and i don't like it well you're a libra i know you don't believe that, in science well, but libras are very giving well, well, I, well libras well, also well, want balance and harmony more yeah. than anything well, else they want peace and i was told whatever that, that looks like yeah I, I was told that from my last partner like that when things seem broken my first instinct is to fix it mm. and he said you should sit with realizing that maybe something is broken before your immediate response is to fix it. Right. Because you don't know what pieces are missing. Mm. Wow. That's you don't really know what you need to rebuild it back. And so your wow. immediate response Mine too. is to fix something without sitting in the fact that it's just not working or it's broken. And that you have to sit in that for a little bit. And in a lot of things, my immediate response is not only how do I fix it, but I have anxiety and confrontation. And so to me, telling someone about my feelings or telling someone that what they're doing is triggering a bad response in myself immediately gives me anxiety on, I'm telling you you're doing something wrong instead of 
how you're doing something wrong makes me feel or what your actions just made me feel in all well, here's, But here's the thing too, right? At the end of the day, we, we qualify things as wrong and right and good or yeah. bad all the time. And that's Sad, a terrible happy. way. Yeah, and it's a terrible way to lead because ultimately someone making you feel a way isn't, doesn't make them bad or wrong. It just means that there's a disconnect. Either they don't understand exactly how to how to approach what you want to say. This conversation matures, but <laughs> or or you are or you are triggered by things that might be your shit and that really have nothing to do with the situation. So your reaction might be a little off, whether it's an overreaction or an underreaction. In yeah. Mandy's case, where Mandy is just like, well, I don't want to talk about this anymore, so beat it. Wait, what's your sign? I'm an Aries. Oh, I'm a double Aries, so it's a lot of fun. Wait, that's so compatible with you guys. Oh yeah, and my, and my yeah. boyfriend is a Libra, so I'm. Oh. So in in some capacities it works, and then mm -hmm. in other moments it doesn't because I'm very confrontational, and he's very much like I'd rather be in the relationship than be right. So wait, the, sorry. the girl that was confrontational with me, and then I needed the peace was Aries too. I believe that's that. So funny. I believe that. No, I believe that. And it's well, no, I believe that because we're very much. We need we need resolution. We're very impatient, and so good communicators part of, though. Avid, Very. avid, no big words and all. Avid communicators, but also because I don't ever want. I'm okay being wrong, but oh, if I'm gonna good. be wrong, I want it to be because I have all. The, I was wrong, and it's my shit, and it's my choice based on having all the information. But I will. It's very difficult for me to come back from somebody setting me up to fail, and I yeah. feel like if someone won't communicate with me, they're setting me up to fail because I don't I have communicate like you though. Like I, can't, I shut down. She oh, does I, it. She I, wants oh, she everyone ghosts. to be happy. I ghosts. Me too. I ghost. I really? just shut down. I, I just need space. Mm. I can't do this right now. I, I need to process how I'm feeling. Space that'll never come back. And I have had I'll to come back. Oh, well, I was for the last eight times, and now I just well, so, him. Well, so my and my boyfriend is that way too, and he's not confrontational in that way. He'll get fi he'll get fired up about shit randomly because he's impulsive too. I'm confrontational if you keep butting at me, and I'll be like, because I'll be like, stop, right. stop. And, and then he's, I and just he's pop that way. off. And, and he's that way. And, and I keep pushing like, oh. sometimes because I'm like, I don't understand why you won't talk to me. And he's like, I told you I just need a beat. I just need a minute to process. I just need to, I need to sort through my thoughts and, and, and my, my feelings. When people my do that. Weeks and oh, no. Okay, that's no, no, way no. too long. We live that's together, so he, he got a couple hours. But when <laughs> I do that, it's because I'm trying to not say something I'm going to regret. I need, so I'm actually, that's me trying to save our relationship. Because as when I was younger, I would just go with like the mean words because I don't understand what's happening. In reality, mm. what, where does anger come from? Anger is not a real emotion. It's anger hurt. comes from pain. Yeah. Like you're hurting. Mm -hmm. like I'm hurt yeah. I'm, I'm feeling abandoned by you I feel mm -hmm. I'm feeling unloved so I feel like I want to push you away even more when those are the moments we actually want that person the closest right. absolutely absolutely wait can, I have one last question yeah. to you guys do you guys feel though because now everyone talks about therapy it's such a thing <laughs> do you feel like therapy has gone to the point where now toxic people can justify being so toxic because the therapist just sit there and they listen they're like yeah you're right so now it feels like everyone's kind of like I'm not wrong because my therapist just listened to me and they oh, nodded their head. I don't know about y'all's therapist. But. Yeah. <laughs> Our therapist doesn't work that way. Mandy and I have the same therapist. Yeah. Um, We're the same therapist. And, and I'll rattle off yeah. and go on a rant and she'll be like, okay, so are you done? Okay, so you you want to hear, you, do you want to, do you want to hear, the, are you ready to hear, to hear my take on all this? And I'm like, all right, I guess. Really? After, okay. I, after I went on a long but rant. Out, but outside of your therapist, just because your friends are listening to you rant about your partner and all the things that they're doing and saying their side of the story, it doesn't make it right that you're sitting there as a listener not telling them that they're wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so just because you're in therapy, you're sharing what you're going through, 
because maybe you haven't made it to the session where your therapist wants you to really think about what you're saying and go through your emotions just because you have someone listening doesn't make you right. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. Just because I feel like now people are like, well, I go to therapy, but are you actually moving towards being better? Or are you just right. like, you just go to therapy and you talk about, oh, oh, sorry, I'm a sociopath and burn your cards because my, my pet rat died seven years ago and I'm still healing. <laughs> and I'm that. triggered. Right. I'm triggered. So it's like, <laughs> cool. It's and they're like, oh, I'm so self-aware. Okay. Are you going to do something about that now? Right. I mean, to me, therapy is doing something about it. There's so many people specifically in our community that don't believe in seeking help right. for their feelings and emotions. And right. to be fair, foreign I, people too. Well, also yeah. say I'm one of those. I have to deal with a feelings wheel. Uh, yeah. I really, when it got to things that triggered me or made me feel a certain way, I can't vocalize it still. I maybe know of four feelings. The feelings wheel has, Tons of feelings, and I don't know how to explain that that's what I'm feeling. But, but, but that's the thing. So we do things differently, and then I think back then when I'm ready to be vocal and then I interact with someone like that, and I'm just like, what's wrong? Like, just say how you feel, and now I understand. I like, can't. Yeah, and there's I nothing can't. wrong with that. But the beautiful thing about therapy is you can – it. it's supposed to broaden whatever your perspective is, whether that means that it makes you face yourself more or makes you see people better. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the two outcomes that you'd mm. want from therapy. Either you're trying to understand how to relate to other people. Because for me, having the same therapist as Mandy is incredibly wonderful because Mandy and I have such different communication styles, but we're very close friends and we're business partners. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of of different hats emotionally for us to show up with yeah. as you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. like we need to have empathy and compassion and patience for the fact that we're both very different we both have different work styles we both have different creative styles and so it's worked to my advantage to be able to say all right cool let me how do I create space for her to feel comfortable how do I alleviate some of this anxiety even around communication and like, also as someone who's super into working how yeah. do I create a good work environment to where you guys, she's not overwhelmed? But you guys have so, you guys seem very yin yang. Like it's oh, really good. Much, we're very much that way. Yeah, and it's good because you you both are working on yourself. So it seems like you yeah, do have are. the good communication. All that that's so important. I also think it helps that we started this podcast when the world was in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and so when all the other kind of outside forces that might have had any kind of influence on on our you know individual careers or because I'm, I'm i'm an artist first i'm a musician first so i sing and songwrite prior to a couple a month before the pandemic i had shows in new york and dc and i was performing and i was a full-time musician and then the, the the pandemic happened and it was like all right a couple months into it i was fine because i was living out here i was like well this is cool but i'm not really doing anything i don't know what this i don't know what 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 is this is going to be after this year i don't know what what that's gonna i'm gonna be going through all my savings there's gonna be no more money like what am i doing oh you have savings <laughs> <laughs> well i mean during the pandemic i was able to save a lot of money because yeah, yeah. we weren't spending anything we weren't going anywhere were? i was online. <laughs> i mean well for, for us in la business <laughs> i mean i was laid out by my pool every day there wasn't shit else Must to do nice. I, listen <laughs> la was nice during the, we didn't we didn't feel the pandemic the same way that new york felt it and i didn't realize that until it. i moved to new york and, and i was let like me just oh tell shit. you all the celebrities that were telling you to say your house as someone that lived in LA and friends with all them, they were we, all the part. They were like they were all, all parties. parties in the houses. It was, it was getting, Everybody was, was having getting, a house was, party. There was a special like COVID, under, COVID, there was an underground, COVID, yeah. underground party. 
parties where only yeah. certain people knew about yep. uh, and like everyone was still partying. And all of y'all kept the pandemic going. Thank you. I, Not really. I first Not really. stayed home. I have a weak immune system. So first I was staying home for a long time. I was too. Okay. And then eventually well, we I were. I was house. around the same friend circle and we all got tested all the time. Every I still time got COVID three other. times. No big bitch, deal. Because you was out at them parties, bitch. No, even, I, even if I'm home and I finally just left my house is because when you stay home all the time, your, your body, your immune system is weak. That's right. why every time the, so the, the people that was out they really stopped being like closed gotcha. off and well, you so walked you out. Though. Think you, about it. You were you were wrong. I got it. In no. Mexico. Mm. I don't I don't think well, you got it in Mexico. I think neither, you got it in the Bronx. Me neither, but <laughs> me neither, but I don't think you got it because we were all in Mexico around that time. All I was in Mexico. Were in Mexico. After. I don't know. All I know is baby, I had tested positive right after Mexico. Mandy had Mandy was asymptomatic and had it for a oh, month. Oh, I only knew I was nice. Mandy was Mandy was exactly. actually the only person, and this is how I knew we were different because I was like, Mandy is following the rules to a fucking team. Mandy didn't leave her house. I she only, ordered groceries. She ordered food. Everything came to me, and she was asymptomatic, and went, she still didn't go outside for a, for a show, month. Went for a live show, came back. Everyone I traveled with tested negative. I had to go on set that week. Was like, all right, well, everybody I was just with tested negative, so went to. Because I had to have a COVID test. Went to go get my COVID test. I was like, I'm good. Baby. They said that shit showed up positive in like two seconds. Right. They were like, we they need rapid as fuck. They called in the doctor. Are you, what's your blood type? Bitch, blood is red. Okay. <laughs> I bet she's I'm, I'm O positive. Yeah. I'm O positive. And I got, I got COVID over this last Christmas. And it but was I, but, bad. But, but at first, it, you but couldn't I got it get. Before, I got it before the vaccine. So all I knew was I got it. Bitch had to be on lockdown. And then what's crazy is- I got no, it after the vaccine. No symptoms. Yeah. I tested positive for six or seven weeks. Why? And this was before the, the, the vaccine. And so we couldn't get back into the studio. Then at the time, our network head caught COVID as well because he was in the underground strip clubs. It wasn't because of me. But anyways, everyone just started catching COVID. I went uh, during- uh, First, I was positive. First, I got COVID before vaccine. Then after that, I got it twice again. But oh, then when, I remember when I went to Mexico to visit my friends. And then in Mexico, I get, as I l land and I'm on the way to the house, I go into the house and someone was like, oh, I'm not feeling that well. And I said, okay, should I sew in? They're like, V, don't be crazy. Everything's fine. We, we've been together with each other for two weeks. We haven't seen anyone. I'm like, cool. So me and this person were like exchanging drinks. I will find them the next day. No, they go, they go, V, can you come here really quick? Stay, stay away from everyone. And I'm like, what's happening? And I found out everyone in the house tested positive for COVID, except me and the other girl who just showed up to Mexico. And still, we didn't get it because we just had COVID like a month before. Oh, yeah, because your so antibodies, your antibodies oh, no. are lit. But it was a very boring Mexico trip because no one could do anything. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Well, Violet, I want to thank you so very much. Thank you so much for having me. For yeah, no, joining so us. Awesome. By the way, if you guys love this conversation, Bridget and I will also be on an episode of Almost Adulting. Yeah. Next week. Find, which you guys can find wherever you listen to your favorite yes. podcast. I want you to shout out everywhere in which people can follow you talk to you yeah um, and, what, and what you got also, coming up if you have any if you just, have just let the music play in the background um of course we're getting out of here yeah. to sync. gone <laughs> um so check out my podcast almost adulting it's three times a week now 
God Pretty damn, wild. you work a lot. Tuesdays for the listeners, and it's all about stories from you guys. Thursdays, it's my episodes with um, guests and things like that. They're going to be the, on it. And then sun, Saturday, Sundays are Blast from the Past episode. Anyway, and I also have a show with Spotify. It's Spotify Live called Hey Besties every Thursday um, at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern Eastern time and also follow daddy issues for memes. How do you yeah. get your voice to sound just so great with all that fucking pod drops? God damn. You do a lot of talking. Yeah. Well, my regular talking and I feel like on a podcast, I'm like, hey, God. <clears throat> hey, guys. Thank you so much. Um, oh, my God. It's been so nice. Not the <laughs> pod voice. Yeah. <laughs> she has the broadcast voice. We I'm love jealous. That. I don't. I talk like this. I'll be like, yo, come here, little fine motherfucker. <laughs> Let me holler at you real quick. This is Mandy's voice at 5 a.m. when we're getting on the plane. I be sounding like a pastor at all times. At 12, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. This is so funny. <laughs> well, Bobby, oh, thank you so very much yes. for joining us. Thank you, you so much for having me. I know. We loved having you here. Oh, my God. This was so great. Again, Bye. make sure y'all follow yes. all the things as well as supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash see the thing is pod. And we'll see you also, guys Also, make sure soon. you follow us everywhere on social media. We're on Twitter. At see the thing is underscore and on Instagram at see the thing is pod. Until next time, have bye a great guys. weekend. Bye. bye.